What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit. And the hits. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Monday. Yes, it is. We are back. You look very blue. I am Rob Ellis. <laughs> Happy Monday, one and all. He's Derek Gunn. Hope everybody's doing well. We are Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. Gunner, what's going on? You got a case of the blues this morning? I can't hear you. <laughs> this afternoon? I can't even hear Okay. Yeah, he can't. You can't hear? He can't I'm hear serious. me. Can you hear me? All right. Uh, <laughs> Tone, can you why hear don't you me? take... Tone, why don't you take Derek down uh, and see if you can get him technically straightened out? And I got it. I'll uh, I'll open us up here. Yes. Hi. Hi, everybody. I uh, hope you're doing well out there. I see you all. I see you all. I see Moose Wing Bella, Mr. Taz, JB, uh, Pooh. Uh, I see Chris D, our girl, our, our Portugal girl. Uh, I see M. Reyes. I see James. I see Tyler. I see everybody. Everybody. Anybody I didn't uh, address there. Uh, my apologies, but I hope you guys are doing great out there. I hope you had a great weekend. Uh, I did. I had a good weekend. I had uh, my daughter's high school graduation party on Saturday, which was a lot of fun. It was a nice event. The, the thing we decided to do was have it at a little tiny hall, like a little catering hall, instead of having it at the house, which was the right move. You know, it's going to cost you maybe a little bit more, not that much more, and you don't have to deal with any of the cleanup or anything else. So we did that on saturday which was fun what's up steve what's up griffin um so we did that saturday and then i've been running non-stop to her friends graduation parties friday night saturday night uh and then yesterday i was on the radio uh, at wip so it was a it was a busy weekend it's fitness rebel checking in uh what's up chan so uh yeah we're getting derek straightened out right now he had some technical issues uh he couldn't hear and his shot looked a little, little bit blue, but uh, yeah, interesting uh, sports weekend as well. Um, you had the Phillies taking two of three over the weekend from the Nats. I know it's the Nats, but here's the thing: when you're playing as bad as the Phillies are, you'll take it where you can get it. And and the the, the good thing for me, at least, is or at least the way I'm viewing it, I'm trying to go glass half full. I look at it two ways: one, the bats really came alive, really in all three games. Uh, they didn't hit as much in the second game, but the, but really two of the three games. But in particular, they scored 22 altogether. You'll take that. Um, that's an encouraging sign as far as I'm concerned. The the other piece of it is 
Ranger Suarez for the second straight outing looked good. So if I'm going to take anything away, it's that. Now you get Detroit here for three, and this is a team that you should be able to take some advantage of too. They're not great. Their record's a little bit worse than the Phillies, but they weren't really projected to do much. Um, so you should be able to, theoretically at least, get four out of the next six. That That's the way it should look theoretically because then you get an off day and then you get a, you get the Dodgers. Yeah. So I uh, appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you, Christy, uh, for the, uh, for the congratulations. Chan, no, not an empty nester yet. Um, in August. Yes. I'll have my son who will be a senior. Uh, he's close, but he lives at temple. So that part's nice. And then daughter going away to South Carolina universities or university of South Carolina, U U of SC as they call it. Yeah. So that's, uh, that's where she's headed. So yeah, we'll be empty nesters soon. Still have a couple more months, but uh, we have graduation itself is on Wednesday. So that will be, uh, that'll be Wednesday. Looking forward to that. It's going to be a lot of fun. It's been crazy. It's been crazy. It goes fast. Any, any parent can tell you that, man, when you have little kids, you'll have the older parents or your parents or the grandparents or whatever saying to you, like, soak it all in. I know you're in the day to day right now. You're in the middle of changing diapers or you're running to games or whatever, but it's before you know it. And they were right, man. Truer words have never been spoken. It does go fast. That's for sure. Um, so it was fun. It was fun. I'm looking forward to Wednesday too. It should be, it should be a good time. But uh, sports wise, like I said, you had the, uh, the Phillies taking two out of three and how about the heat? You know, anytime you want to count them out, they just deliver and they're, Oh, look what we have. The gunner, man, he's back. Can you hear me now? Yeah, I can hear you. I'm throwing dude, off what, without you having your 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 cans on, as they call them in the business. Your dude, your, that's your headphones. The, that's the weirdest thing. I've never had that happen before, man. I was like, I can't hear. I don't know what happened. <laughs> well, you're back now, man. You're back. Yeah, wow. I don't know. We got you. We got you. Uh, how was your week? I was going through my weekend with the folks. Where where? How was your weekend? Weekend was um, eventful. As I told you Friday, uh, a bunch of us, a bunch of friends, we got together and uh, we did a cleanup day at our church, man. And right. the dude, this church is built in like in 1960 something. So in the basement, there's a bunch of like the old heavy doors. You know, back then, that's when uh -huh. they built stuff to last. Uh -huh. Doors, windows. Yep. Let me tell you something, dude. There was like, between men and women, there was like probably 15 of us. You know, of course, the guy's doing a heavy lift, and one of our guys works for uh, he works for his father-in-law. They own a construction company that builds bridges in Delaware and stuff. Okay. So he bought a huge dump truck, and we must have filled that dump truck four or five times. He took it to recycling, but dude, it took three sometimes three of us to lift some of these old doors that have been sitting down there rotting forever. Mm. Um, got a lot done. Did that cooked out. Um, you know, cooked out for the crew. I I did chicken, and uh, we had a friend of ours who competes in barbecue competitions. Um, he, he, uh, my wife went and got it. Um, he, he did a brisket for us, potato salads, uh, coleslaw, the whole nine yards. So we work them hard. We feed them hard. And then Sunday was just a chill day, man. Um, okay. so nothing extraneous. The fishing trip got canceled again. Again? It, it, I, what, again. The weather was, well, now, I, I guess Saturday. What, what, what day were you supposed to go? Saturday? We were supposed to go Saturday morning, but, uh, got word Friday that the seas were rough again. Seven, eight foot swell, so we didn't even go out. Okay. All right. Uh, I mean, you, you, the, I don't know, man. Maybe this thing's not meant to be. That's that's what I'm saying, you know. <laughs> but the thing is, every year we plan to do either a striped bass fishing 
uh, trip, and that works perfectly. Even whether it's rain or sunshine, it works out perfectly. Okay. But see, it goes back to what I've been saying to you for a year. When Barrett's been trying to get me out fishing with him right. for over a year, I don't know if I trust him, dude. You know, he might try <laughs> to leave me out there. I've watched the movie Jaws too many times. Yeah, you, you don't know. want to be you don't want to be Quint being fed into the to, to, no, to Jaws. To... I'm not sliding down to any live animal's throat. No, you know, I tell you, Barry's been out to get me for years because of all the pranks I've pulled on him. Yeah. You know, that is, um, that's one of those scenes that, that sticks with you forever. Like him sliding into that the mouth of jaw, yeah. man. Oh, especially when you're a kid, <laughs> nobody wants to go in the water. Man. And then you're watching yourself being eaten live. He's screaming, oh, screaming like a jackal. And he's watching himself being eaten live oh, by my a, God. a 25 a foot go. fish. Oh, you know, and I'm uh, like, that's no, I'm not going go. out that way. There are a lot of ways you. to go out, but that ain't I don't it. blame you. I do not blame you one bit. Yeah. Um, so we're talking about the Phillies taking two out of three. And I, uh, tell oh, me wait, wait. You... So I got to ask you. So you had the party for your daughter? Yes. It was fun. It was good. Did, it you, was... did you grill out for it? No, no, no. So we, we rented a, a hall, a small, tiny little little hall. Okay. So we're just, we decided, we're like, you know what? Let's not have to deal with the cleanup. Let's not have to deal with all the preparations that go along with it and all that and be at the mercy of weather and all. And it turned out to be a, you know, a, a nice day a Saturday. Day. So, yep. yeah, but it was the way to go because when, when we were done, we were just like, all right, go pack up out of there. No cleanup, no vacuuming, you know, straightening up, nothing. So it was, it was the right way to go. It was fun. It was fun. See, see, I'm looking on the immediate horizon because, uh, my oldest daughter, um, her son, my youngest grandson, turns one on August 26th. Right. And they've got like 75 to 100 people coming for a one-year-old birthday party. They got, you know, the moon bounces, everything. 75 to 100. Wow. Oh, yeah. You know, it's going to be, you know, moon bounces. They got the in-ground swimming pool, so that's going to cool people off on a hot August day. Yeah. And then you have a – so my, my son's girlfriend bought this moon bounce. It has two different slides on it, and it has these hoses you can hook up to it. So that when you hook it up to your water hose, it'll spray them in like three different directions and have like a little pool in the bottom of it. So uh, um, recently, my 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 oldest daughter's husband, one of his cousins just gave them over the weekend a moon bounce with a slide on it and stuff. Oh, nice. And so my wife goes, well, I want to get one like my son's girlfriend's. So she goes out and gets an elaborate one that has like a. Uh, the moon bounce attached to where you jump in it, plus the slide and the water and all that stuff. Yeah, there's gonna be like three or four of these things. So, my daughter says she wants to, she's gonna get a food truck to come out and do tacos and everything. Yeah, 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 that's a good idea. Of, I like that when people do that. Yeah. yeah, the cost of that is ridiculous, dude. They're talking like three grand for this stuff. Oh, okay. So, so my wife said, you know what, why don't your dad do it for you? Because last year, for my, for my um, granddaughter who will be two this year for her one year. Um, they asked me to do the burgers. So I did like a hundred burgers on the grill. You know, their property has big shade trees. So I'm right, I'm right by the patio, right by the pool, under shade tree with a big, with two grills. I got two grills going. So I said, yeah, I'll do it. All and right. then my daughter's like, no dad, we want you to enjoy the day. I said, I enjoy doing it. I said, I'll, you know, as long as people know how to make their own tacos, yeah, I'll, right. I'll do the meat and everything. I have no problem with that. So we're debating. Yeah. And then I'm thinking, how to August day, I don't care if I'm in the shade or not. I'm under on two grills do i really want to do this so i'm debating now whether or not 
I just want to walk around, mingle, and enjoy the day. But if if they want me to do, you know me, I'm going to do it. Oh, so. sure, sure. Yeah. And and the thing is, it truly, it's not like it's something you like to do too. You you love you know you know being the chef master there. The it, it, it it falls in the category of you know they talk about labor of love, and even on the hottest day for me, I enjoy grilling because I I, I like doing it. I like I like you know doing different seasonings. Uh, you know, my prep, like uh, my marinades, I do them on chicken and stuff. Right, exactly. And I put it in the fridge overnight. It's it's a labor of love. It's hot. But you know me, I love the heat, so it doesn't really bother me. You know, right. I got my hats. I got a beverage. I got everything. I need, you know, so. Um, you have, so. what is it, kiss the cook? Do you have one of those aprons? Yeah. or <laughs> No, no, you know what? Um, I have a couple of aprons. <clears throat> I've never wear aprons. I should. Because you know, like when you get meat, you get it on your yeah, you get it on your shorts or if you're out there in the heat, you whatever, you get it in some of the splashback a little bit, right? Yeah, yeah, Sometimes. but you know what though? But you know what though? I just I'm so used to doing it. I just wipe my hands on my pants and stuff. Yeah, right. I, mean, gee, okay. I just do, and then there's some certain types of oils and greases, you know, especially a favorite pair of shorts or something, you can't get the stain out anymore. Right. You ruin them, or you get the spots on certain shirts. So Although I have two or three grills my family's given me through the, I mean, two or three uh, aprons my family's given me through the uh, years. Um, I've now learned the art of get the oldest, grungiest shorts and t-shirts that you have and use those things that you don't mind make, you know, messing up. Smart. So I've got shirts and, and shorts and, and even long pants. They have paint stains on them when I paint a lot, stuff like that. I use they're multi they're multitask type of tire. So yeah, multi-purpose. Yeah, I hear you. <laughs> exactly. Um I I so the question I have for you, and this is we'll get heavier into this in, in a little bit, but I'm I guess I'm tr- I'm trying my best, and I, I genuinely feel this way. I feel yep. optimistic from a Philly standpoint. Understand, I know how bad the Nats are. Although they're right around the same record, the Phillies are slightly ahead of them. But I guess I view it as it looked like a weekend where the bats woke up. We are into June, whatever that seems to mean for Schwarber. He hit two yesterday. And Suarez pitched good for the second straight outing. So I am going to, at least until proven otherwise, which I'm sure at 640 tonight, they'll prove me otherwise. But I am going to take away a positive from this weekend. They took two out of three. I didn't love the way the road trip went but they salvaged winning a series. And ultimately your goal in baseball is to win each series. And they did. There you go. So that is my glass half full view of this thing. Well, that's a complete turnaround from last week when you were ready to implode on this team. And I kept saying, I've been saying, Rob, we got to wait till June gets here. We got to wait till June gets here. And, um, you know, last year the turnaround started on June 1st is when they went on like an eight or nine game. Uh, winning streak mm-hmm. um they lost on june 1st this year <laughs> so we're thinking <laughs> oh geez it's gonna be one of these and i'm like did i speak too soon but yeah, you yeah. know after the way they lost that first game to washington i'm thinking this team can't get out of his way of making mistakes I they know. rally all the way back to tie to seven and they give the lead run up in the very next inning yep but then you they look more like the phillies we expect them to look like on saturday and sunday mm-hmm. so i'm going to maintain like i said the middle of june Based on what I just saw Saturday and Sunday, I'm going to extend it and say I'm going to give them, no matter what happens, I'm going to give them until the end of June before I start formulating definitive opinions about this team. I'm going yeah. to go all the way till the end of June. I'm with you. Like I, So here's where I – obviously I'm frustrated the way they've started, but not frustrated to the point where 
I feel like they're not going to make the playoffs. I've heard a lot of that from people like, oh, no chance. Right. There's no way you can say that this early. There just isn't. Um, I, so I'm not that discouraged. What really needs to start happening, and it needs to start tonight, is Aaron Nola and Zach Wheeler got to get their act together, period. Right. Nola right. pitches tonight. Wheeler, I think, goes Wednesday. But these two have to get their act together. If they don't, then the Phillies are screwed. Because you could go out and make a trade for a fifth starter. That's fine. But if your quote-unquote aces or your one-two guys keep pitching like this, they are screwed. And it's going to be impossible to overcome that. No question. Um, and, and I still have my concerns about both Nola and Wheeler because Re- Wheeler got rocked again yep. against a very weak Washington lineup. And I'm thinking if there was one team, if there's one or two teams that Wheeler should dominate on the hill, it's a team like Washington or Detroit. Obviously, I don't think he'll pitch against Detroit, but he should have dominate. He should have dominated Washington. He got lit up by a mediocre Washington offense. And I'm thinking, what is up with these two? I know. You know, when you're one, when you're one and two starters have shown no level of consistency up to this point, that's bad news because it goes back to what you've been saying time and time again. Now you're putting extenuated pressure on your bullpen to come through. Yeah. And you can't survive a season like that um, and get to the playoffs if you have no stability in your starting rotation. You know, And I think it's somehow some point. Now, Suarez as the number three is starting to look like Suarez of old. Yep. But these one and two guys, they've got a long way to go, man, to get back to where they need to be. They really do. They really do. And that's the thing. Um, it, it, they have to pull, start pulling their weight, those two guys. If they don't, forget it. All right, the other thing was last night. Uh, and I, you know, I'm on the radio yesterday, and uh, you know, yeah. people telling me, uh, the Heat, that series is over. It might be a sweep. And I said, you don't ever count this Miami team out. I know they're not as talented, but you don't write these guys off. And they gave you a classic Heat game last night. They hung around, hung around, hung around. Then all of a sudden they make their move and they end up winning a game in a place that Denver rarely ever loses. They haven't in the playoffs yet. And they even this thing at one, one, that team has so much heart. Um, the one thing I said on, on, on Friday was um, I can't wait to see an Eric Spolstra adjustment because as if you've watched Miami closely, Whenever they lose a game, there's an adjustment coming by Spolstra. Now, every team says we have to make an adjustment when we move. We have to make adjustments. Some do. Some, no matter what they do, it doesn't work. Spolstra is so good at making adjustments. They played much better defense. They hit the key shots when they had to. He started they down Kevin by Love, which kind of oh, changed it up a little bit. Yeah. Dude, they were down by as many as 15. And I'm thinking, here we go again. Yep. You know, this Denver team is just blowing it up. But Miami slowly chipped away, slowly chipped away. And that's why I said it, this. there's no way this series is not a six- or seven-game series. Agreed. And the fact that Miami finally beat Denver on their home court. Denver hadn't lost on his home court since March 30th. And the fact that they finally found a way to beat Denver on their home court, now you got Denver thinking big time. Now, because I'm sure that team's thinking we're invincible at home. Oh, yeah. And Miami just told you, no, you're not. Oh, yeah. No, you're not. Absolutely. No, it was um... – Again, it was, it was a classic Heat kind of game. The, the best coach, in my opinion, in basketball makes some adjustments. Butler's quiet, 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 starts making plays for you in the fourth when you have to have it. The role players showed up who didn't yep. show up in game. Gabe Vincent was yep. awesome last night. I thought he played great. Yep. Uh, early, Struess was hitting shots for them. You know, they got what they need. Adebayo had a really good game, too. Props yes. To him. Yes. So 
you know, all those guys, you know, just, just really stepped their game up. And that's exactly what they needed. All right. Did you hear this one, Gunner? You'll appreciate this. The, the Kelsey brothers, Jason and Travis, are bringing the New Heights podcast to Sea Isle City, New Jersey, over the, at some point over the summer. What? And they're going to do it in front of a live crowd. And there's going to be some kind of like beer contest or something. Yeah, this, this thing is going <laughs> to be Epic. awesome. Yeah. Epic. Here, yeah. Here's what I'm thinking when you said that. There is no way I want to be anywhere near Sea Isle <laughs> when those two. You, can you imagine the congestion? Oh. In Sea Isle for this? Oh my god! It's it's already an unbelievably crowded town anyway in the summertime. It's yes. going to be insanity with those two. See, it's great for all the merchants there because mm. you're going to have large contingent converging. They're going to want beverages. They're going to want food. Yep. You know, so it's great for Sea Isle in terms of a money making uh, venture. But just as a a person of leisure who wants to go to Sea Isle, that's the last place I want to be. Whenever that podcast is there, dude, because the congestion is going to be through the roof, to, you know, to, to see Jason and, and, and Travis together. Yeah. And you know, I think this is one of the one of the few instances, too. Can you imagine if uh, let's say Jason Kelsey did his podcast with like Michael Parsons? You know, there'd be a lot of booing, but you can't boo Travis Kelsey. Nobody no. boos Travis Kelsey, dude. No. no. And the only boo would be a playful one if he brings up the Chiefs beating the Eagle. Like, yes. It would be just like, oh, come yeah. on. You know, one of those. Yeah. No, those guys are both loved. They both get it. They're both funny. Like, it's, it's, and it's the perfect setting. You're, it's the summer. You're chilling. You know, people are coming off the beach, maybe, or whatever it is. It, it's a laid back atmosphere. It, it's going to be fun. It is going to be, a, it, it, I love it. And I'm sure they're doing it for a charity or whatever the case yeah. may be. It, it's awesome. I like to know who their PR or marketing person is because when you look at some of the guests, they've interviewed Shannon Sharp, they had Andy Reid on, and and you know they've had great guests they on. Have. They yeah. moved the podcast around. Yep. Uh, it's not a stationary podcast uh, except during the season, obviously. Right. Uh, but dude, the marketing people are ingenious in terms of what they've done with this podcast in a short amount of time. Yeah. Well, I remember, I remember Jake, uh, said the third or fourth year they've doing it and see how it gets nuts whenever those guys are there. He's right on. Uh, they did. They, I remember last year, like WIP did the morning show, I think at the OD, I forget where it was exactly where they did it. Um, but it was, you know, Jason was down there and then Travis joined him and it was crazy. So this, this one, it better be a big venue, man. I'm telling you, cause this is going to be, uh, it's going to be worth it. That's for sure. It's going to be it's going to be fun. Yeah, I don't yeah. know if we did we get to this or not. I'm trying to remember on Friday, but um, Shannon Sharp is leaving uh, FS1. Yeah, not doing the show anymore with uh, with Skip Bayless, and a lot of heat raining down on Skip, uh, as you would expect. Now, it, this thing had gotten ugly with these two, uh, you know, over the last year or so, and you just, I just kept wondering, you know, I I don't know how much longer. Sharp can put up with this. Now, dollar bills can help you tolerate things. And I'm not, I, hey, man, that's not a knock on Shannon, but it's very real. But I guess you got to the point where he just couldn't do it anymore. So he's leaving after the NBA finals are over. He's done. I will give him credit for one thing. He has said virtually nothing about why he's leaving. That's true. You know, everything we've heard is speculation and it's all geared towards, he goes back to the, the Hamlet situation. It started there. That's right. Um, but, did you see Stephen A is already recruiting him? Um, trying to recruit him to recruit him to get him on first take. Shannon. Oh, yeah. And <laughs> you know, I saw a tweet that Stephen A put out a few days ago. Would you like to see Shannon Sharp on first take? Oh you know? my God. Could Here you imagine go. Shannon Sharp and Stephen A going at it? Uh-huh. 
as well as their other co-hosts going at it. There's no who would have room to talk. I know, right? Yeah, that's a great point. That is a great point. Yeah, that would be the ultimate heel, you know, turn if they could pull that thing off. You know, it really oh would. My goodness. That would be funny. I don't know. I, the, the only thing you know, Derek, because we've had to deal with this, both of us, the, the non-compete thing. I don't know that he would be able to do it right away, but at some point it'd be great. Well, so he, he's getting a buyout uh, from FS1, so yeah. I'm sure he's not worried about money. But you're right. I wonder how long the no-compete, you know, like in our business, a lot of times no-compete could be three months, six months, whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if that will stand in the way of him him going um, – it, it, what GI Zoe Sports Radio says, Stephen A and Shannon are a disaster waiting to happen. Right, <laughs> and 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 people are all for it. Yeah, that that would be. It, it, look, it would it would crush ratings wise, and that's all they care Exa- about. You know, it, you know what? There's a lot of validity in what uh, GI Zoe is saying, but you know what? You're right, Rob. The ratings would be through yeah. the roof. I don't watch those shows. I honestly don't watch those shows. I don't but either. I don't the either. people who do would tune into that hardcore. Uh, Absolutely, to see, to see the battles every day. Yeah, and, and they would want, they would want Shannon to say something about Skip, and then you know, etc. But it it would, or they would, or they would want to see Shannon put Stephen A in his place. That or that. See that, yeah, yeah. You know, I um, I'm sure, I'm sure, the producers of that show would say, "Hey, look, there's no holes barred. Do what you got to do, mm-hmm. but just keep it clean." Yeah. But then, you know, I'm thinking about this, and I'm thinking, okay. If you bring a Shannon Sharp in, you've got to pay him a minimum five, ten, eleven million dollars. Yep. But yet again, it goes back to what we discussed last week. You're letting go of a lot of hardworking people, but that because you're trying to cut X amount of billions off the Disney food chain, mm-hmm. but yet you find an additional five, ten billion to bring a Shannon Sharp in. Yeah, it, yeah, it ain't right, man. Great you point. Know. I know. I mean, look at the, the you know, McAfee. What's he getting? Fifteen a year, whatever it is. Yeah, know, crazy. Yeah. Um, all right, let's come back. Let's talk some birds. So Derek, what we're going to do is we're going to look at the, the most indispensable Eagles, mm-hmm. people you absolutely unequivocally can't lose. All right. We're going to rank them one through 10. We're also going to do a little fun tomorrow. We're going to do buy or sell tomorrow. Oh yeah. We haven't done, we haven't broken out buy or sell in a minute. So we're going to no, do we that haven't. tomorrow and we'll give you, give you options. An example of buy or sell would be, all right, the Eagles will have a, running back go over a thousand yards you're buying that you're selling it well that's an example jalen hurts will throw for x amount of yards, whatever touchdowns we do that kind of thing so we'll yep. do that tomorrow uh but we're going to get into our most indispensable when we come back we will we'll revisit the phillies get a little bit deeper into them uh nba comings and goings including the sixers also derek in our nfl segment uh last week uh, friday actually we ranked our offense we did our little draft of skill position players uh, quarterback, running back, receiver, et cetera, on the offensive side. Today we do the defensive side. We're going to do DNs. We're going to do D tackles. We're going to do linebackers, corners, safeties today. So we'll do defense today, offense last week. We'll get into that. Bunch of other stuff, the usuals, uh, the birthdays, the yep. movies, and all that good stuff. We will dig into all of it when we come back. So don't go anywhere. He's Derek Gunn. I am Rob Ellis. We are Sports Take, Jacob Sports, YouTube Network. All right, you're hungry, right? Weekend. Monday's got you a little bit. You need a little pick-me-up, a little energy. Stomach's growling a little bit. How about Bravo Pizza of Habertown? Yes, Bravo Pizza, the place I've been going since I was a kid. They're family-owned since 1985. You have Alex and the crew who are there crushing it every single day. Fresh food every single day. 20 different styles of pizza. Slices to go. 
In fact, when it comes to the pizza, they have the you name it, they will make it. That's right. Specialized pizza the way that you want. But it's not just pizza. It's free pasta. It's sandwiches. It's wraps. It's wings. It's salads. Anything you want, anything that you crave, they have it. They're also committed is Bravo Pizza to the community. They have fundraisers for charities, for schools, for little leagues, where the proceeds go to those organizations. You can follow them on Instagram or Facebook at the Bravo Pizza of Havertown. That's where you can check out specials, promotions, the menu. 1305 Westchester Pike, Manoa Shopping Center in Havertown, Pennsylvania. 1305 Westchester Pike in the Manoa Shopping Center in Havertown, Pennsylvania. Give them a call, 610-446-3810. 610-446-3810. Bravo Pizza of Havertown. run wild and time stands still because here you can find the best of the Jersey Shore all on one five mile island so leave the old you behind and get lost in the woods at Southeastern PA in Delaware with Colony Pools this football season. And let the experts close your pool with a custom Merlin safety cover in green for the birds. And if you join our winter watch team, we'll give you another 20% off and Colony Pools will handle it all. Keep your tiles on your pool, not in your pool. Fly with Colony right now, birds fans. Visit flywithcolony.com. Hi everybody, my name is Jason Lombardi. I'm an inspector at DryTech. At DryTech we offer three major services. The first one being basement waterproofing. The second service we offer is foundation and structural repairs. And then the third service that we offer is mold remediation. If you feel you are having a waterproofing issue, give DryTech a call or check us out online. E-A-G-L-E-S, Eagles. Yeah, 
we're back. Yes, we are. We are Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. He's D Gun. I am Rob Ellis. All right, Gunner. So, um, Eagles continue their OTAs today, tomorrow, and Thursday. Um, and that'll be their last uh, gatherings of any sort until camp, until it, I guess it gets real, however you want to put it. Um, so, they'll be in for the OTAs. The one thing I keep hearing, we talked to we talked to some of our guests who were down there, uh, Dave Zagaro among them, uh, a little bit earlier last week about this. Everybody's – it seems to be who has have at least had a little bit of time to observe some of the stuff. They're saying that Nolan Smith does not, appears a lot bigger in person and in pads and on the field than he does – You know, I think he's listed at like 232 or whatever he is. They're all talking about how much bigger he looks. So, I, I mean, we'll see. Like, the one thing about him is that I think people sometimes get confused with. He's not just a, a pass specialist. He, he set the edge a lot. He played against the run a lot. He's not a guy you have to take out every time you think the, the other team may run the ball. For whatever it's worth. At least that's what he was in college. Well, I, got, I have to see it at this level to believe it first. You know, there's such a big difference in terms of uh, what they teach you in terms of technique, how they feel they want to utilize you, you know, and obviously any defensive player that plays for the Eagles gets a good test in practices because you're going against the best offensive line, arguably the best offensive line in national football league from tackle to tackle. So you're, you're getting a true test. Um, I like the prospects of Nolan Smith. I love everything about him. I just have to see, how are they going to utilize them? And, and especially when you consider the depth that they have at that position, you know, what, what's his role? How do you define his role? It's way too early to tell that, you know, with him. Um, we know what he was capable of doing at, at the college level, but Rob, we also know that at the college level, for as good as players are at that level, you have a lot of inferior opponents that you play against Bro. where you, 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 you pad your stats against. In the NFL, even the worst team in the league has pro bowlers on it, you know. So that's what your your measure, your measurement is increased twofolds um, be, because you're going to get, as a young guy, you're going against guys who've learned all the little tricks, how to hold, how to pull, how to slow you down, so on and so forth. You have to learn a whole new array of tricks also to get the best of these guys. Yep. Some guys learn it sooner than others, you know. So um, I, I hope he can live up to the potential that we all expect of him, but I've got to wait and see. And of course, with these OTAs, you don't see much of anything, you know? So that's why when we see all these reports, so-and-so had a great catch, you know, so on and so forth. I'm like, okay, it's in practice. Hmm. You know, I want to see it when it counts. I got to see it when it counts. Yeah. I mean, look, here's the thing that at least when it comes to Nolan Smith, you're talking about a, a very talented, you know, phenomenal player. But he fell to 30 for a reason. People were worried right. about that size. Right. The nice thing is, you know, the Eagles have another example of a guy who maybe isn't the biggest in the world who's having great success right now, and that's Hassan Reddick. So I think that that's Absolutely. something especially that they can use to try to get the most out of Nolan Smith. And, yes. you know, who knows, Derek? I mean, I think uh, Hassan has two years left on his deal. Nolan may be the successor, or you may figure out a way to utilize them both on opposite ends of one another, whatever. But, you know, I'm excited. I'm, I'm really excited to see he and, and Jalen Carter, frankly. You know, I am. Uh, no I, question. You know, it's funny now. It's not even so much the uh, – although I think both of them will 
I don't know about Carter. I, I think Nolan Smith will play some in preseason games, but it's not even the preseason games now. It's the joint practices. That's what this is really where you get what used to be sort of old school preseason. It's the joint practices now. Yeah, you know what? And and coaches believe that you get better workouts in these joint practices now than you do the preseason games. Yeah. You know, but but see, I'm torn between that because in a preseason game, you're going all out until the referees whistle. You know, whereas in a control practice session, you're going all, all out, but the whistles are quicker. You know what I mean? Um, they're trying to preserve the bodies in those situations. Mm-hmm. And, of course, the tempers get heated a little bit quicker in these joint sessions because you're not worried about getting tossed out of a, a joint practice, whereas you could get tossed out of, you know, a preseason game and coaches need to get film on you and right. so on and so forth. The, the joint practices have a lot of value because you can run the same things over and over and over again. Uh, and look at certain uh, matchups, certain technique deficiencies you might have in younger younger players. Uh, you know, teams are looking at way we hit, offensively the way we hit the hole, backs hit the holes on certain running plays and make adjustments there. Uh, the way we we somewhat blitz, although they don't blitz much in these joint practices. Um, I, I like them; they have a lot of value. Um, but I think in terms of getting a better idea of what you have on your roster, not just frontline players, but depth, because uh, depth consideration, that's where the value of the three preseason games still come in to the players who are, are rookies, uh, br- players brought in, and players who will probably play a lot of special teams for you, but do serve the role as backup players as well. Right. No question. And and that's the thing. I mean, th- there are opportunities for younger guys this year that maybe weren't there last year. I mean, whether that's the Dean, who's going to be wearing the, the, the green dot, which means he's getting the calls played into, you know, fed into him and he's going to be you know calling the defensive signals and, and whatnot. And that's a, that's an important position. You know, yeah. You're putting guys in the right place and that's a leadership. That's a belief in him that he's going to get that opportunity. So he's going to get a chance. Uh, for sure, there's going to be more opportunity for Jordan Davis. There's there's going to be a huge opportunity for Jalen Carter. I'm just thinking of the younger guys who are either in their first or second year. Um, Reed Blankenship is going to get every opportunity. I think Sidney Brown is going to get every opportunity yep. to get out there and play. We'll see about uh, you know Jurgens and Steen and who ends up winning that spot. But at least one of those guys, either a rookie or yeah. a second year guy, yep. is likely to play that position. So this is different than last year. Uh, than for the most no part. question. You know, uh, GI Zo Sports Radio brings up a point half jokingly. Digon Rob, so do you think Deshaun decide last as defensive coordinator the whole year, or is he getting fired after the season? <laughs> <laughs> well, this is what I and, and I've been preaching this, so I'll keep doing it as we sit here a couple months away from the seasons, whatever we are, three months away. Um, give it a little time with the defense. Um, you have a new coordinator, new linebackers coach, new secondary coach, and like we just talked about. There's new faces out there. They're going to have to play well for you. And also, are you going to get the same level of play from Brandon Graham, from Fletcher Cox, from some of your veteran players? You know, is Slay going to look like the guy we saw for the first half of the year or one who maybe struggled a little bit second half of the year? Bradbury, you know, who I thought had an excellent year for them. I'm thrilled that he's back, but will he continue to play at that same level? Uh, Can Avante Maddox stay on the field? You know, he's really good, but he gets hurt a lot. So I think there's a lot – there's way – it's not even close how many more questions there are on that side of the ball as opposed to the offense. I think um, it, it's unfair at any point of this season to compare 
this group of Eagles defenders against what happened last year. Last year was a season for the ages in terms of quarterback sacks, um, uh, passing yards allowed, turnover ratio for a number of reasons. Number one, that team was so deep with veteran talent. Number two, you played, for the most part, a bunch of stiffs on offense. I mean, let's be honest about it. You played a bunch of stiffs. You did. You were you were a much more dominant entity on defense compared to the majority of the offenses you played in the last year in the NFL. Mm -hmm. This year, you're playing a much tougher schedule. You have a complete makeover on your defensive coaching staff. And defenses always take longer than offenses to catch up. The good thing for Sean Desai is he's not coming into a situation where he's got to rebuild his defensive personnel from the ground up. Right. He's got a lot of holdovers, and even if a few veterans they brought in, they're they're proven veterans. He, and you know they had a great draft. They had two first round picks, and we, you just talked about the potential of the two first round picks, plus some of the other lower picks in terms of Steen, Ringo, uh, players like that. There's opportunities for them, but you, you're plugging holes here and there. You're not you're not rebuilding the entire pyramid, so to speak. But even with that said, you got to face Patrick Mahomes. You got to face Josh Allen. You know, you didn't face any of them of those guys last year. Yep. Uh, it's going to take a while for Sean Desai to understand his personnel and for the personnel to understand their roles in the Sean Desai defense. Are there going to be highs and lows in that defense? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, but I expect by the halfway point for it to come together. Whatever it looks like, at least by the halfway point, it should come together. That's the other part, too. Um I think they, they, they're fortunate in that the schedule will allow them a little bit of give on that side of the ball early. Right. Then when they start getting in that really brutal stretch is where they should be hitting their stride right, um, right. defensively. But yeah, I mean, that's why I keep saying I, I wouldn't worry about the record if it's two or three games worse than it was. You're playing right. way better teams in different circumstances this year. Like are you there, you told me right now, okay, the Eagles are going to be 12 and five. I'm fine with that. Yeah, sign me up right now for that. Knowing who they're playing here, I, eleven wouldn't wouldn't be awful either. I no. really now I don't know how it's going to shake out uh, divisionally, or, or and or just conference wise. Like I'm just trying to think of what teams Dallas plays a very similar schedule to the Eagles. Absolutely. So I don't know that their record's going to be that much better. I'm I'm just trying to you know San Francisco. Let me look at their schedule here and just see kind of where. It, all right, so let me just just run through. I'm going to run through San Francisco for you real quick. Um, at Pittsburgh is not an easy way to start because I think Pittsburgh, especially if Pickett, you know, is, has kind of grown in that second year when guys take that leap. Pittsburgh's going to be tough. No it, question. When they, when they had Watt last year, Derek, they were a really good football team. When he yes. went down, is where they got hurt. And he's back. Yes. So at Pitt, at Pittsburgh, anyway, uh, at the Rams, should be a winnable game. They have to go, or they're. I'm sorry, they're they're at the Rams, but still should be winnable. Uh, home for the Giants. It's not going to be an easy one. Home for the Cardinals should be a win. They're home for Dallas. That's going to be a tough one. At Cleveland could be a tough one. At Minnesota could be a tough one. Bengals at home. This is not an easy schedule. They no. get a bye week. They no. go to Jacksonville. Yep. Uh, two games later, they're at Seattle. Then they're at Philly. Then it's Seattle at home. Then they have Baltimore two weeks later on on Christmas. And then at Washington, uh, so I'm just my point is these teams could all be in that 11-12 game mix for that number one seed in the in exactly the yeah. And, and you know, I, I I do think just on paper talent wise, the Eagles 
are the best team in the division and the conference for that matter. But as we know, Rob, you don't play the game on paper. Yep. You know, they're going to be landmines along the way. And let's face it, because everybody's looking to deliver the Eagles a knockout blow, yep. every every week they're playing a Super Bowl game, you know, That's because true. of what they did last year. Yeah, that, yeah and when we when we say that, sometimes people are like, oh, come on. No, what happens in, in that setting is, where sometimes a team might sleep on a team a little bit or maybe not prep during the week the way that you normally would quite as hard player-wise. Right. Everybody's on their assignments. Everybody's on their P's and Q's. And everybody's giving you everything they have because you are the champs of that conference. They Absolutely. Just plain and simple. Yeah. You know, and see, um, um, M. M. Reyes said, what, I just saw it here. M. Reyes says, I don't fear these teams. Yeah. I can't hype that which hasn't shown hype. Yeah, you know, they're valid points, no question about it. But you you have to co- take into consideration the schedule is a lot different. It's a lot tougher this year yeah. than what yeah. it was. No question. You know? yeah. um, and, you know, say what you want to say about Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott has been the Eagles kryptonite ever since he got in the league. Look at Dak Prescott's record against the Eagles. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You know, Patrick Mahomes is, 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 is far above everybody else in terms of quarterback play overall. You know, you can't discount Josh Allen. You cannot discount Seattle at Seattle with Geno Smith. He led the league in completion percentage. Their defense is going to be better. They, they went out and picked up a lot of veteran presence. Um, San Francisco, we know how tough they can be. Yes, they didn't have a quarterback when the Eagles faced them. But they're still a very good quality team. You know, New England's defense is going to be New England's defense. It's a good defense. Offensively, I don't think they can match the Eagles point for point. But you're opening the season at New England. Tom Brady's showcase. Fans are going to be going through the roof. Players are going to, you know, and the first game is always tricky. Look how close that game was the first game of the season oh my God. against Detroit last year. It was an escape act is what that was. Exactly. And would you have wanted to face Detroit when they started getting on a roll in November, no. December? And, and, you know, the other thing last year, you got Jacksonville at the right time before they started to, to turn it around. Remember how you know, they were in that bad weather and, and Trevor Lawrence couldn't handle the football? Exactly. Remember that? And, and exactly. you know, that – I'm not saying the Eagles wouldn't have beaten them. I think they still would have beaten them, but you got them at the right time too. And that turned out to be a playoff team. A good, it turned out to be a, a good team last year, Jacksonville. And not only that, JM, JM makes a valid point. We've talked about this before. You know, what are the odds we have no impactful injuries this year as well? Well, that's hey. true. I mean, th- that's the one thing you can't take into account. It's impossible. But but the Eagles were extremely fortunate last year. And there's always, we go through this every time we talk about the schedule. There's always the teams that disappoint. There's always the teams that come out of nowhere. Uh, I, I don't think that anybody expected the Giants to be a playoff team last year or Seattle. Oh, heck no. And, no. and you're right. And look at what both of those two teams did. And then, you know, conversely, there were teams that just kind of fell apart last year. Green Bay, uh, yep. you know, being one of them, uh, you know, whatever. Tampa had a terrible year, even though they had no business being in the playoffs. They got in because the division stunk. But so there's teams that you think are going to be up that are going to be down. I, I think when you look at the Eagles and you try and forecast and look at what they're going to be, I get back to, they have the, they have the quarterback. I think they're good in both trenches, even though yep. they lost a couple of parts in the defensive yep. line. Uh, and I think the coach is a good coach. So w- if you have that stuff, you can overcome the other things. It may not be perfect, but you can overcome the other things. Some of these teams, I would question it. Like as far as the NFC goes, Derek, I mean, would you take anybody over Hertz right now? And I'm not talking AFC, just NFC. No, no. So no. that's a big piece of this thing. Uh, the Eagles' offensive line, I'll put right up there with any any team's offensive line. Um, 
you know, defensive line, you could argue with the 49ers, some other, some other teams, fine. But, but overall, the Eagles are good in the, in the real areas that you need to be good at skills, positions, mm-hmm. uh, trenches, quarterback, et cetera. I, I think our producer tone worded it perfectly. He just, you know, hit us in the private chat and said, fear and respect are two different things. You don't have to fear the schedule, but you better respect it. It's harder than ever. Absolutely. And that's all we've been saying. You know, fan bases, I don't fear this. I don't fear that. Players don't fear anybody, but they do have respect. Players will tell you. And we hear this all the time. And and I wish fans would would talk in terms of players. And, you know, a, a lot of times players will give you what we call corporate answers, the cliched answers. But the one thing that's true to heart when players talk is we respect every opponent because they know. Yeah. Any and oh, every yeah. opponent has the opportunity to jump up and bite you when at least expected. Yeah. In, uh, in no, this listen, league. No doubt. Look, here's the thing. You never want to play with fear because the opponent's already got you if you're afraid. But if yeah. you go in, you know, overlooking, taking for granted, feeling like, y'all, oh, we're, we're, we're the, you know, we're the men. We just show up. Then you're done. You're in trouble that way too. There's a fine line that you have to toggle. If you're a professional athlete, really college athlete, high school, whatever, you have to be confident, but not overconfident. And there's a difference. Like I, no. I'll, I'll put it, I'll give you a great example. I thought last night, especially from a defensive standpoint, Denver thought they could just show up last night against Miami. Exactly. And, and I'll tell you, and we'll talk about it later. Mike Malone took his guys apart in, in the post-game press conference. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. He wasn't playing any games. So that's an example at the highest level. Mike Malone's point was like, this is not the preseason. This is not the regular season. It's not even the playoffs. We're in the finals, and we don't have guys giving max effort on the defensive side. This is what happens. And and, and that the NFL, you get 17 of them during the regular season, and then you're into the postseason. If you don't show up, you're going to lose. So there, it's not it's not that anybody's overlooking anybody or anything like that. And and I, I think every most – I know the discussions we have all the time, Derek, we're yep. constantly pointing out how hard the schedule is and how no, it, question, they no a question bit about it. So, no, you know, in, in, in terms of, of, of respecting your opponent, go back to last year. Houston only won three games, right? Yeah. But one of their wins was against Jacksonville. Okay. Indianapolis only won four games, but one of their wins was against Kansas City. Right. Okay. So that's why I say, you know what? You, you, that's why players, players are so truthful when they talk about, you know, we don't overlook anybody. We can't. Mm-hmm. We can't afford to look over anybody. Right. You. You right. can't. Well, you know, I, Chicago. Chicago won three games last year. Um, and I'm looking at their schedule real quick and see what their quality win was. Okay. Uh, Chicago beat San Francisco. That was the first game of the season. As we always say, first games of the season are usually the, the most raggedy games because everybody's not on the same page yet. But Chicago right. opened the season one and zero after beating. San Francisco. Yeah. Who we know yeah. is a good team. So that's why you can't just say, you know, we're going to do this. We're going to, you don't know. And you always, always, always have to factor in the injury bug because yeah. a lot of times it, it's not just one player. When a team starts getting hit by injuries, it becomes like a pandemic. It starts to affect everybody. All of a sudden you got 10, 12 guys out. What did I say earlier this year? I believe it was a few years ago. Jacksonville had to go through 90 something players just to get through a season. We saw it a couple years at the at the end of Doug, uh, Derek, where they lost a ton of people at at like one concentrated position, whether it was corner, whether it was running back, whatever. Do you remember that? I mean, they went through some some rough 
stretches with injuries for sure. Well, the year the year after they won the Super Bowl, look at how they, their DBs, defensive line, look, offensive line was decimated by injuries. Carson Wentz was getting his brain beat, brains beat out. He had nobody blocking for him. He had a bunch of backups blocking for him. You know, and they went on for two seasons, not one, but two. Yeah. What the Eagles were able to do health-wise this past season was simply phenomenal. They lost a few key players along the way, but they got them back at the most op- at the most important time of the year, which was the playoffs. Right. That's unheard of. You know, yeah, you don't I mean, get look, the whole starting unit back for the playoffs in the, in the Super Bowl. And, and the truth is, you know, I think the Eagles have done a good job figuring out a formula that works, especially for the older players. They'll give them days off here and there. Kelsey's not going to practice every single day and all that. That's smart. But you also have to get lucky. Now, and, and the Eagles' injuries that they had last year, for the most part, were like, oh, he's going to be out two or three games. Or Dallas Goddard's going to miss a little bit of time, but he will be back. This isn't season-ending. CJ GJ wasn't season-ending. Nope. Uh, Avante Matt, whatever. That's lucky. Lane, jo- Lane Johnson Lane playing Johnson. on one leg. Lane Johnson being a freak. That's They're fortunate that that was the case, okay? Frankly, they were. They were just they, – they, sometimes you get lucky, sometimes you don't. But you can't do anything about that. That's a roll of the dice, and it's just it just either happens for you or it doesn't. Plain and simple. No, I, I, I couldn't agree with you more. Um, you know, uh, where was it here? Uh, Mr. Taz, Kelsey put it best. Comfort only brings decline. It's true. He's Right. But but that's the other good part, right? So the, 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 the leaders, Kelsey, Jalen Hurts, Brandon Graham, Fletcher Cox, Lane Johnson, whatever. Those guys will not let them get complacent. They know how hard it is to get there because a lot of those guys played in the in the Super Bowl 52 also. That's a big advantage, too, that those guys have been through it. Oh, my goodness. There's, there's no question about it. And um, I just saw, you know, Dank Burrito put up, and I forgot about this. Eagles had 14 different combinations of offensive linemen in 2020. Yes. Think about that. Yes. You know. Yeah. And think about how many teams went through just that last year. Mm-hmm. Constantly juggling offensive lines because their, their frontline personnel fell by the wayside and the backups weren't near the quality of the, of the starters. Yeah, and, and if, you're right. And if you want to have a little bit of fear, the Eagles aren't as deep as they were last year. They're just not. So if guys go down, it's going to be more of a struggle. It's just plain. That's the world we live in. People move on. Guys move on. You had too many people have great years last year, and they move yes. on. So it is what it is. Um, and and this is where we're going to find out. You know, the other the other thing is, especially along the offensive line, I feel like you have the best position coach in football there. So he'll train some of these guys up who are young or whatever the case may be. He'll cross train them. He'll get Jurgens ready. He'll get Steen ready. These guys will be ready um, if they need to step in there. Driscoll, we know he's versatile. So, yeah, I mean, it's something that's going to be really important. There's no question about that. All right. Uh, let's let's keep the Eagles rolling here, Gunner. We didn't get to our, uh, our in, most indispensable birds. We'll do that when we come back. It was fun. It was a fun little Eagles segment. But we keep the Eagles stuff going here uh, with our most indispensable Eagles. We'll rank them. From uh, from 10 to 1. Uh, and then, like I said, tomorrow we'll do a little buy or sell. We'll still get to the Phillies and the Sixers and everything else we had planned. But we uh, this is the beauty of what we do, Derek, especially if we don't have a guest. We can let it go any way we want it to go, That's man, right. and have fun with That's it. That's right. So, uh, we'll keep it rolling. Don't go anywhere. That's Derek. I'm Rob. We are Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. Let's talk about Jim Murray and Principal Financial Group. Because knowing who to trust, knowing how to find that right person for you and your hard-earned finances, everything that you do every single day to try and set yourself up for a good life and a good future. It's critical to find that right person. And Jim Murray and Principal Financial Group are the right people. 
I, I personally have, and, and Jim is my guy. Okay. And I wouldn't steer you wrong. And I wouldn't tell you about somebody that I didn't trust or didn't know whether it's retirement planning, 401k review, insurance review, you might have a small business and you're trying to get your employee benefits off the ground. Jim can help you with that as well. I've entrusted my IRA, my 401k rollovers with Jim. It's been a great experience. I can tell you truthfully, give a call 610-996-4751, 610-996-4751, or you can email him, Murray, M-U-R-R-A-Y dot Jim at principal.com, Murray dot Jim at principal.com. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. For the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. The greatest fans on earth. It's a bold statement, but would you expect anything less from Philadelphia? 58 years of heartache creates a toughness, a grit, a resolve not found in most. Sure, our prayers were answered, but now that we've had a taste, we're looking for more. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go <clears throat> Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction. Go with trust. Go and go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. All right, did you know I was the mommy slam dunk champion? Really? <laughs> yes, really don't sound so surprised. Let's see it. Oh, you're ready. All right, here we go. Let's hear the crowd. So go to right, go to left. Fake them out. Mama, go. Oh, mama! She did it. Again? You can't avoid gravity, but United Healthcare can help you avoid financial surprises by helping you compare costs and doctor quality ratings. United Healthcare. Uh huh. Welcome back, everybody. It's Monday. It is June 5th. Uh, he is Derek Gunn. I am Rob Ellis. We're hanging out with you. We're Sports Take. Let's smash the like button, friends, if we could. Let's get on a little run. We haven't been on a uh, a like button run 
in a while. So let's get on it today if we could. And we do appreciate each and every one of you guys hanging out uh, via the chat, streaming, listening. I love the fact that you guys go back and watch us and we are very cognizant of that and we appreciate it. That's for sure. Um, but Gunner, let's keep the Eagles talk going. Uh, we were discussing this, uh, you know, a little bit earlier when you and I did our, our pre-show meeting um, regarding the most indispensable Eagles. Now, look, be real about this. Number one on everybody's list is Jalen Hurts. Okay, we will grant that. We'll concede that. You know, you lose Jalen Hurts. We know this thing goes into the abyss really quick. And that applies to virtually every starting quarterback in the league. I mean, you're, all you're hoping is it's short term like it was last year, you know, when he injured the shoulder and you can just navigate the waters. Fortunately for the Eagles and to their credit, they build up a ton of equity. You know, they were able to, to maintain and kind of get through it and survive, even though you, you did have to bring back Jalen for that last game when he still wasn't a hundred percent. Yep. Um, you know, but you ended up winning it and he had a, just a great year. I mean, 3,700 yards passing 22 touchdowns, just six interceptions, uh, uh, completion percentage, almost 67, 101.6 passer rating rushed for 760 yards and add 13 more touchdowns onto that to get the grand total of 35 runner-up MVP, on and on and on. I, I mean, what else is there really to say? I would say if there's one thing that I want to see from him, Derek, and I, I, I always ask our guests this too, but if there's one thing, I, I, if you're asking me, I just want to see him continue to develop as a passer. That doesn't mean he wasn't a good passer last year because he developed in leaps and bounds. That's all I want. I know he can run. I know what a, what a magician he is with his legs. Just keep getting better in the passing game and understanding concepts and, and progressions better. But the leap he took from year two to year three was insane. And I expect him to just get better and better. Yes, no question about it. And and now, you know, we hear Sirianni talking about the playbook will expand even more. So what does that entail? Can't wait to see that. Um, I'm, uh, you know, Jalen has spent the offseason looking at all the tape, looking at the little mechanics and, and, and saying, I can do this better. You know, everything we hear about Jalen Hurts is he doesn't settle for what he's done. He's always looking to add something else to his repertoire. So I expect to see that as well. Um, the one thing I hope he, he really does is run less and deliver the ball more to his pass catchers and backs and let them do the job that they're supposed to do. Keep Jalen upright and breathing for 17 games. You know, I don't want to see it get to a point where he has to miss another game because of a shoulder, an elbow, or a knee, or something like that. Mm -hmm. Keep him upright and breathing. You know, he's going to run when he has a run, and they're going to be designed running plays call for him. I just hope they reduce the number of those uh, those, those potential um, elements of his game to keep him in the pocket or floating to the outside, buying time, and then getting the ball down the field to his, his pass catchers. Yep, well said. Well said. I'm with you. All right, so if we all grant that that's, that's one. Okay, so we'll, we'll, we'll move on from that. You want me to work my way up? You want to go first? You want me to go first? How do you want to do it? I'll, I'll go 10 to 10 to 1 or 10 to well, 2. Well, look, we take, we take one out of the equation because we both agree Jalen Hurts is number one. Yes. So technically, we're either going 2 through 10 or 10 through 2. Okay. So, uh, this is that Barrett used to always say, uh, what are we doing? We go 1 to 10, we go 10 to 1. I know. You know, he, he, he would always go crazy with that. But uh, why don't we go? Let's go 10. Let's work our way up. Yeah, okay. Right. Tone said we should alternate. So, let's right, so, we'll alternate. Well, you know, let's we'll, we'll go each number and, and and I'll put who I put at number 10, you put who you at number 10 as well. So, you go first. So, you got it. You go. You 10. want me to go? 
Yes. Are we going? All right. Are we going ten through two or two through ten? Which one? Ten through two. We're going to work okay. up. So my my number ten would be Darius Slay. Okay. Uh, number Darius Slay started out like gang gangbusters in the first half of the season. You shut down. All of a sudden, he he, he got out he got out of character the latter half of the season, yeah. and he became somewhat of a suspect in his overall pass coverage and tackling for that matter. Yeah. I do believe you cannot afford to lose a Darius Slay on the outside of your defense, but I put him in at number 10. Um, he's a proven veteran. He's what, 32 years old now. Yeah. Uh, he knows what he needs to do to be ready. Um, does he still have the it factor to be dominant more so than just a half a season? I mean, Don't Derek, know he was almost out of here, man. He yeah. was almost out of here. Yeah. Don't know that. So, that, so he checks into my number 10. Okay. All right. I'll go. My number 10 uh, is Josh Sweat. Okay. Talk about a guy who who finally I thought broke through, you know, and, and really showed you the promise that he had. You know, the Eagles, the Eagles extended him. They believed in him. And the production was okay. It wasn't terrible, but it was okay. But I thought last year was the year that he showed you who he is. And 11 sacks last year. He had 15 tackles for losses. He yep. was an impact kind of guy last year. Um, some say I, I might have him too low on this list. But I'm going to put him at 10 right now. I think he is critical to the team uh, because, you you know, let's face it, when you lose Hargrave, as many sack artists as you can keep around, you need. And and, and Josh Sweat is one of those guys. I agree with you 100%. Okay. All right, Kimmy, that's my 10. And what we're doing, if you're just hopping on, it's our most indispensable Eagles, okay, the guys you can least afford to lose. All right, who's your nine? My number nine would be Dallas Goddard. Okay. Um, because would look at the five games he missed last year. Mm-hmm. Um, and you, you saw a, a, a drastic drop off in the play from the tight end. There were bits and pieces. They had to mix and match between Stoll and Calcaterra. One was a blocker. One was a pass catcher. It wasn't a blocker. Dallas Goddard gives you that complete tight end in terms of blocking ability and separating and finding open spaces and holes in defenses. I do believe Dallas would have gotten over 900 receiving yards if he had not missed those five games last year. I think he's an invaluable part of that of that offense. He is Jalen Hurts' safety valve, no question about it. Um, they cannot afford to lose him because as we look at the roster right now, they don't have anybody come comes close to him in terms of being a complete tight end, a number two complete tight end. I, You know what? I, I will say this right now. First of all, great choice. And I love the way you broke it down and you're dead yep. on it. When he, let's face it, you know, the, the Jack Stoles of the world and Calcaterra and Tyree Jackson, all due respect to those guys. There's a big fall off after Dallas Goddard. Yep. There is a big fall off. Um, I dropped the ball and I don't have him on my top 10 list. Okay? Whoa. I will. Whoa. I'm self-reporting. I'm like one of those college programs that like <laughs> is telling Turn, the NCAA. Turning yourself in. Yes. Um, so anyway, I'll, I, I screwed up that one, but, but I'll, I'll move on. Um, see, we can admit our mistakes, Derek. It's okay. It's not, it's all right. It's okay. All right. Uh, I went with Fletcher Cox at number nine. Okay. And I know he's kind of, people are kind of like, uh, they overpaid again for a bubble. You need him this year. Not, you know, if you think about it, if, when you lose Hargrave and you're young at that spot, you're you're talking about Milton Williams, uh, Jalen Carter, and, and Jordan Davis, you're young there. You need a veteran presence. And, and he still had seven sacks last year, which yes. at the defensive tackle yes. position is darn good. So 
I know that he, a, a lot of Eagles fans are kind of over it and they're, they're sort of done with Fletcher Cox. Right. I think he's very important to this team. So I am going to have him on there simply because we have a lot of unknowns that we're discussing here when it comes to that position. We don't know what's going to happen. I like Jalen Carter a lot. I think the kid's going to be awesome. But we don't I know agree. ultimately. He's playing in the NFL now. This isn't college anymore. So I'm going to go Fletcher Cox at, at my number nine. I look at Fletcher Cox and he frustrates a lot of people over the last several years because he shows up for one game and then he's like a no show, you know, and, and I understand in, in the, in the scheme that, that Jonathan Gannon had him playing in, you know, he, Fletcher Cox was required to do a lot of the little dirty stuff that doesn't show up in stats that allowed other people around him to, uh, to have, to have shining moments, so to speak. Um, but at this stage of his career, I don't know how much better, if any of Fletcher Cox can be at this point, not to say he can't be good at what he does and continue to be good at what he does. But um, Fletcher didn't even make my list when it came to the 10 most indispensable Eagles on this team. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Uh, where do you go at number eight? Now give us, give so, so far you have, give us your, 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 I have Slay at 10 and Goddard at nine. Very good. Okay. Who's your eight? Number eight would be Devonta Smith. Uh, the way he came on his rookie year, he had almost a thousand yards easily surpassed that last year. That young man is tough as nails, not the biggest body, not the most physical body, but an excellent route runner, great hands makes the acrobatic catches. And no matter how many times secondary personnel try to lay the lumber on this kid. And they did a number of times when it makes you go, Oh, he got up and kept on ticking. He didn't miss anything. Great, great examples of Super Bowl. Oh, my goodness. That outside pass he caught where well, he went down the sideline, got blasted on the sideline, and got up and kept on ticking. Uh, this young man is tough as nails, both mentally and physically. So I check him in as my number eight most important eagle. That's a good one. Uh, and and just getting better, you know? Yes. That's the other thing with him, just getting better, entering his third year. Uh, good one. I go James Bradbury at eight. Um, you know, I, I love what kind of year he had last year. He had something to prove. He was on a one-year deal. He was underpaid. Uh, he wanted to show the league. He wanted to show the giants that that it wasn't necessarily him. He was in a bad situation and he came in here and frankly was more consistent than Slay was all year. Um, he had an excellent year for them. And I was, I thought he was out the door. Uh, I I didn't think there's any way he was going to come back and the Eagles and and to Howie's credit figured out a way to, to get him here, but I'm, I'm going to plug him in right there at number eight, man. I, okay. I think he's huge. And, you know, the fact that you have a duo like Slay and Bradbury that can – most teams now, Derek, have two killers at yep. the receiver spot. It's yep. it, the old days where you just have one stud or long gone, and most teams have at least two. So you need two legits on the outside who you don't have to always give a ton of help to, and Bradbury fits that bill for me. Oh, there's no question about it. Um, he, you know – and when you look at the cornerback situation, you know, both cornerbacks, the Eagles cannot afford to lose either cornerback. Yep. Um, you know, I like Avante Maddox, but he's too small to play on the outside. He's perfect where he is in the slot corner. Mm-hmm. But he every time they put him on the outside, he gets he gets exposed a little bit because of his lack of height. Yeah. You know, you can't you cannot criticize him for his tenacity, for his quickness, quick twitch, his tackling ability. But he loses a lot of battles on the outside because he's going against guys 6'2", 6'4", 6'5". You know, and that's not a knock against him. I, I, Avante Maddox could play um, in my secondary in any way, shape, or form. It's just that you have to find the perfect role for him to, to excel in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. Um, all right. So I've so far, I've gone Sweat, Fletcher Cox, Bradbury. I'm going to go with his uh, – 
I'm going to go with his running mate right here at seven. It's Darius Slay. Uh, for all the stuff that you laid out earlier, there's not much more I can add, but I all I want from him is just more consistency. I want him to be better than he was for the last seven, eight games. Um, and let's not forget, really, both of these guys. Some boneheaded stuff in the Super Bowl, man. To get burned yeah. twice yeah. by that same yeah. play. And I know everybody wants to dump it on Gannon, but th- those guys are veteran corners. They need to recognize that and be better. So hopefully, exactly. yeah, hopefully they'll both be better, um, you know, when it, when it comes to that. So I'm going to go with number seven, uh, Darius Slay. All right, you're up to six now. Okay, well, now I have to give my number seven. Also. Oh, I'm sorry. You didn't give seven. I apologize. Yeah, yeah go ahead. Give, my give number seven, seven uh, it has to be uh, A.J. Brown. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you knew the chemistry between these two. You heard the stories about how, how they feel about each other, how long they've known each other. This guy, when you look at the best pass catchers in the NFL, they were around 100 receptions last year. Right. A.J. Brown had 88 catches and just under. He just missed 1,500 receiving yards Jeez. by four yards. He averaged 17 yards per catch. He had 11 touchdowns with 88 catches. What would he have had if he had 100 catches? Now, that's only 12 more catches, but that's huge. He would have probably had over 1,600 yards receiving, and who knows, probably another couple of touchdowns as well. What a first uh, year. I'm telling you. And you could tell right away that as much as, as, as Jalen loves Devontae Smith, A.J. is his go-to guy. There's no right. question about it. I agree. And A.J. basically is unstoppable on that quick slant route. And once he catches the ball, his strength after the catch, he picks up – he picked up 548 yards after the catch. Hey, so that's, that's his greatest strength. strength. Yeah, it's his greatest strength for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So I put A.J. Brown at number seven. Okay. Good choice. Uh, really good. Yeah, he was awesome. He he was yet another one of those guys who was hyped when they made the trade, gave him the big deal, and he more than lived up to it. Um, it's funny. Guess what my number six is? A.J. Brown. Who's your number six? A.J. Brown. Who? who? Okay. Yeah. AJ is. I mean, there's something to be said for chemistry, for trust, and it's obvious that that the kind of trust that Jalen Hurts has for this guy. Because I remember a couple times at one of them may have been the Pittsburgh game, twice I think actually, he was double covered, and and Jalen just threw it up and let AJ Brown make a play, and he did. Um, you know, you're right that the numbers were just just incredible. 88 catches, 145 targets. Right. Almost 1,500 yards, 17 yards per catch is a lot of yards per catch for a guy who doesn't, who isn't a burner. You know what I mean? Like a lot of yeah. times your speed merchant is going to have a crazy yards per catch because he's catching 70 yard bombs. AJ, a lot of it is run after catch because he's built like a bowling ball and, it, you know, kind of like a running back. And that just shows you how tough he is. So, yeah, I, uh, I'm with you. I concur. I think he's a, he is so huge for this team. So, yeah, I have him at number, number six on my list. Uh, number six for me would be Bradbury. Um, the fact that the Eagles got him to come back and got him to come back at a lower number uh, than a lot of people thought he would get on the open market. Kudos to Howie Roseman. Um, I think I think he was inconsistently from start to finish much better than Darius Slay. Darius Slay had a great first half. James Bradbury had a consistent season uh, mm-hmm. all season long. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he only had a couple tackles for losses, but that's that's not his forte. Yeah. He has 17, 17 passes defended. Um, I, be, I believe he had what? He had one return interception for a touchdown. He did. Uh, Detroit, um, right? Yep. He, uh, he had three. He had three ints. Yeah. He had one return for a touchdown. Um, I think I think he was rock steady on the outside for this Eagles defense, 
and the fact that he's coming back. And as I said, once we found out that he's signed, I truly believe this was a case of where he he didn't want to just take the money and run because he could have ended up in a situation where he knew he was not going to get close to getting back to a Super Bowl. Once right. him and his representation realized that if the ring is is important is as important to you as the money, Philadelphia is the best place for you to be. Look at their roster compared to some of the other offers you're getting out there. This is the most complete team as of right now. So they will pay you decently, maybe not pay you what you think you want or should get. They're paying you decently, and you have another shot to get back to the big game again to try to get rid of that bad taste in your mouth from losing to Kansas City. Yep, great point. Great point. Uh, All right, so I'm up to number five. I'm going Jordan Mailata. Oh, okay. Well, when you're talking about a left tackle in the NFL for a right-handed quarterback, uh, it, it is it is critical. And I know he had a couple of ups and downs last year. He was playing with the shoulder injury. He's another guy who, Derek, he's so new to the game. I just think he's going to get better and better. And he's got the right attitude. He's a hard worker. Uh, you know, you lose him right now. You, you also don't have the Andre Dillard thing there where you can no. plug him in. So, you know, what happens if he goes down? I'm not sure what you do there. I don't either. I, so, are you, I don't know if you move. I don't think you're moving Dickerson outside and plus somebody in the left guard. Yeah. Um, you're right. Somebody's got to develop on that outside to, to be the supporting cast for my lot. I just don't see it right now in this Eagles depth chart. I don't either. Um, so I'm going to go my lot at my, at my number five spot. My number five spot is Jason Kelsey. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Jason Kelsey is getting up there in age. But Jason Kelsey is still arguably the best center in the National Football League. He, to me, the smartest center. Um, this guy can still get downfield to the second and third levels and make key blocks to extend running plays. Um, I think he's the one who sets the tone for the line. He he's the in, he's the motor that makes the engine run. Now you could say, well, yeah, but you can plug in Cam Jurgens and might not maybe maybe so. But I would I guarantee you that Jeff Stoutland and Nick Sirianni will tell you one of the last people they want to lose on this team is Jason Kelsey because of the value he brings in terms of experience, leadership, and ability to adjust on the fly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that, there's no question about that, man. There is no doubt about that. I go number – I'm up to four now, Derek. So my okay. my ten, I go – I went Sweat, Fletcher Cox, Bradbury, Slay, A.J. Brown, Mylotta. So I'm at number four, working my way up. Uh, and it's Hassan Reddick. Look, the numbers are uh, are mind boggling, you know, and it was it's one of the great free agent signings, if not the greatest the Eagles have ever made, considering the production he gave you right away. 16 sacks last year. Uh, He had he had what, 11 tackles for losses altogether, three passes defense. Here's the other thing. He's got a knack for forcing fumbles. He forced five fumbles last year and recovered three. This dude is a ball hawk in a weird way. You usually say that about a defensive back. He's around the ball all the time, strip sacks, whatever, recovering um, fumbles. He's he's just a good football player all around, um, and and he just really found his niche. It's, I think it took them a minute to figure out exactly how to use him best, but man, when they did, he just took off. The fact that he um, was able to achieve double digit sacks with three different teams in three consecutive years tells you the type of athlete that he is. Okay. Uh, they didn't really know how to utilize him in Arizona. They gave on up on him after one year in Carolina. 
and he comes here and has his best year as a professional. And that tells you that if you find out how to utilize him, and let's face it, it took Jonathan Gannon a few weeks to figure out what to do because we debated, do you move him around? Like a lot of teams will move their best pass rusher around. You know, look at you know, T.J. White. Look at uh, Michael Parsons. They're always moving him up and down the line of scrimmage trying to find that, that hole in the picket fence. And that's what the Eagles did initially early on. But then all of a sudden they said, the heck with that. Leave him where he is and let him attack from that point. And once he settled in and didn't have to float around, that's when you started to see the dominance of a, a Hassan Reddick. And by the way, you know, we always talk about how you and I think alike in a lot of ways. Hassan Reddick is also my number four as well. <laughs> so I, I was kind of chuckling when you said Reddick because yeah. I'm sitting there going through the whole list. I can't believe we haven't hit on the same one yet. Sure you enough. and I with lists, man. It, it is it's, like, it's ridiculous. It is ridiculous. All right. Um, Three, I'm going to go Lane Johnson, Derek. Um, okay. You know, we saw last year. I, I can only think about what that would have been if that injury would have cost him the playoffs and the Super Bowl, you know, if they would have even gotten to the Super Bowl. But if he wouldn't have been able to play in the playoffs with that torn abductor, what that might have looked like, you know, you would have had to maybe juggle things around, uh, you know, plugging Dillard, Dillard into that equation, moving Mylotta potentially over, et cetera. It would have just thrown a lot of things, I think. I think they could have survived it, but. The fact that he went through that whole injury and didn't even give up as much of a, as a sack, I don't. I'm not sure yeah. he gave up a hurry. Maybe it was like one hurry, and and like no QB hits or no sacks, which is incredible. Yeah, any right tackle who's healthy would take that. Let alone a guy, you know, essentially playing on like one leg. Um, just he's just become a great football player, and he's. I think he's a couple of. I don't know how much those suspensions early in his career are going to hurt him when it comes to this, but he's a couple more great years away from, from being a hall of famer. I think he's on that track right now. I, I couldn't agree with you more. My, my number three is, is uh, my you know, what yep. a, what a success story. My has become um, in terms of not even knowing how to put on a uniform to putting himself in pro bowl conversations. The man steps to the line of scrimmage and he blocks out the sun. You know, he's that big mm-hmm. and he's very agile. And he's learning those little techniques. The thing I loved most about him was when he first started to learn to play the game, he spent a lot of time asking the likes of Jason Kelsey and Lane Johnson every question he could in terms of what do I do to get better? What little techniques do I need to learn to get an advantage? Now, to me, sometimes Malata still gets gets caught, get caught, gets caught coming out of a snap a little too late, and these quicker edge rushers are getting around him or getting underneath him. But for the most part, once he locks you up, you can't go anywhere with him. You can't get around him. You can't get under him. Uh, once he extends his arms and gets in position, Malata is one of the best in the business. Just think about this. We're talking about him now as one of the best in the business at that left tackle spot. And on the offensive line, who is a right-handed quarterback's best friend? Uh-huh. The left tackle. Yep. And there aren't many great left tackles in the National Football League. And Jordan Malata has already still – in his learning stages as a professional athlete, he has already emerged as one of the best left tackles in the game today. Yeah, you're right. And that's a tribute to him. It's a tribute to Jeff Stoutland. It's a tribute to the Eagles development. That you know, that's one of the things we always talk about. You, you gotta draft and develop. There's there's yeah. you know, there's two D's to that thing. All right, two. Kelsey. You, you know, put Kelsey, I, okay. Yeah, I mean, I just think about um you know, not, not how critical the center position is. So I always thought the center position was underrated. Like people are like, you don't take a center in the first round. I disagree with that. I've always disagreed with that. You know, he, he is calling out 
what he's seeing there along the defensive line in terms of the blocking schemes. There's it's such a cerebral position in addition to what the physical talent that you have to have, but he combines all of that. And he still has the speed to get out when he's pulling and take guys out downfield. We still see it on, on big runs of Jalen's mm-hmm. taking off or whatever the case may be. There's just so many things that Kelsey can do that he provides you with. And it's crazy that, that he and Lane are still playing at this level at this age, but they both are. So I, I would go Kelsey at two. Yeah. My number two is Lane Johnson. Um, I think he is the best offensive lineman in the National Football League. Uh, you you can automatically tell when he's not in there, when they had to put Jack Driscoll in there, and that's not a knock against Jack Driscoll, but that offensive line was dis, disjointed somewhat when Lane Johnson's not in there. Mm-hmm. And as Lane showed us in the latter part of last year, an a, a 85% Lane Johnson is still better than any right tackle in the National Football League. You know, he's dedicated to the cause. And, 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 and we, how soon we forget that Lane is not only focused week in and week out in terms of battling the best edge rushers coming at him each week, but he also goes through the emotional struggles of dealing with depression and anxiety. You just don't get rid of those things. Right. Um, and it's an every, and Lane will tell you, it's an everyday struggle. There are things you can do to to overcome them and to control them but it's always there and could explode at any given moment and when you're playing in a high highly critical highly um, emotional game like professional football right um that's a lot to encounter you think about people who have problems dealing with you know depression and anxiety just in everyday life and here's a guy who's out there Every day he has to be the best of the best or else he knows he's not going to have a job, you know, and we, you know, we're just really learning about Lane Johnson and what he went through or is going through in terms of dealing with the emotional elements of his life. But you, Lane Johnson is a workaholic. His, the barn that he has is legendary. He converted a garage into a weight room workout facility. That thing is legendary. You know, Brian Baldinger is always in there working out. Jalen Hurts was Jaylen out Hurts there. Jalen Hurts in there working yeah. out. Yeah. You know, it, it is his it is his passion. It's his outlet. Not only is football his profession, it's his outlet. Um, and it's kind of like his pacifier also. Yeah. And he takes it serious. The fact that he hasn't – all you need to know about this is this man hasn't given up a sack in over two years. Crazy. That's all you need to know Crazy. about his, his dedication to his profession. Mm-hmm. Even while he goes through these emotional struggles, he still steps on the field at the highest level of his position. And so that's why I say Lane Johnson said he wanted to play at least two to three more years. I believe he will play at a high level for the next two to three years, and he will get in the Hall of Fame. Now, like you said, uh, him missing some games because of the emotional elements uh, and, and disappearing may hurt him. But you will not keep Lane Johnson out of the Hall of Fame when his time comes. I look, I'm I'm with him, man. I, I'm I'm tooting his horn every second of the way. Uh, that's for sure. Now, we talked about it earlier. So if you're just hopping on, you're saying, "Well, where's Jalen Hurts?" Jalen Hurts is number one on both of our lists. Uh, mm-hmm. It goes without question, uh, without saying. So that, that's where we're at. So, all right, Gunner, recount yours. Go from uh, go from ten to one. Um, all right. And then so I'll, my, I'll my number ten was Darius Slay. Yep. Number nine, Dallas Goddard. Number eight, Devonta Smith. Number seven is pass-catching mate, A.J. Brown. Number six, James Bradbury. 
Number five, Jason Kelsey. Number four, Hassan Reddick. Number three is Jordan Malata. Number two, Lane Johnson. And, of course, number one, Jalen Hurts. Like it. Okay. Uh, I'll go, uh, and and by my own admission, I, I whiffed on Goddard, so that should be on yeah. my list. But I went Sweat, Cox, Bradbury, Slay, Brown, Mylotta, Reddick, Lane, Kelsey, Hurts. That's my order right there. So the one, the one, the one I really struggled with that I didn't put on my list was uh, Avante Maddox. I think Avante Maddox, when healthy, is one of the best slot corners in the game. Yeah, and I think when he's out, what's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. As we saw last season, the slot corner play is just not the same. Now, you can say, we don't know what they're going to do with Greedy Williams. Now, Greedy Williams has the capability of playing the slot. I don't know if it's a natural position for him just yet. Um, And so there could be drop-off if Avante gets injured again, which I expect him to get to because he plays the game so recklessly with such reckless abandon. He hurts himself in the process. So I expect Avante Maddox to miss a few games here or there. Um, But I think as we know it right now, you can see the huge drop-off from Avante Maddox to whoever whoever the next guy is for this Eagles in that slot corner position. Yeah. I, I'm with you. I'm with you there. All right. Good, uh, good stuff there. That was good. Good list there. Well, let's do this. We'll do a little hybrid when we come back, we'll do a combo Philly Sixers. And then at two o'clock, we'll do our usual NFL stuff. We'll get a lot of, a lot of newsy news kind of stuff. And then we're going to dig into our, we're going to do our draft. Derek and I will our skill position players on the defensive side of the ball. Current present day, by the way, not right, all time right, present day. Right. So we'll do that when we come back, all those things. When we come back, don't go anywhere. He's Derek Gunn. I am Rob Ellis. We are Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. All right, time to tell you about my friends at ProAction Restoration. Yeah, ProAction Restoration. Actually, uh, talked to a, a friend of mine this weekend who had a problem with some flooding in their basement. Uh, turned them on to ProAction Restoration, and the rest is history. They were taken care of, and then some, and they were thrilled. I got a text back saying how happy they were. But ProAction Restoration, if you have a home, you have a business, you have a property, and you go through the pain and inconvenience of water, fire, smoke, mold damage. It can be tough. You don't know what to do. You don't know who to turn to. Well, pro action restoration, that's the place that you turn to because they're on call 24 hours, seven days a week to assist. I gone through it myself. I had, I had a problem at years ago at my parents' house and pro action restoration came out on a Saturday. They took care of the issue. Uh, they cleaned up everything. The price was right. The, the crew was unbelievable. They are licensed, bonded and fully insured. ProAction Restoration has been serving the tri-state area for more than two decades, and they will work in conjunction with your insurance company. Again, it could be water, fire, smoke, mold damage, you name it. They can handle it. Give them a call, 610-623-3760, 610-623-3760, or you can reach out to, to them online at ProActionRestoration.com. That's ProActionRestoration.com. 
Here, imaginations run wild and time stands still. Because here, you can find the best of the Jersey Shore all on one five-mile island. So leave the old you behind and get lost in the woods. at Southeastern PA in Delaware with Colony Pools this football season. And let the experts close your pool with a custom Merlin safety cover in green for the birds. And if you join our winter watch team, we'll give you another 20% off and Colony Pools will handle it all. Keep your tiles on your pool, not in your pool. Fly with Colony right now, birds fans. Visit flywithcolony.com. Hi everybody, my name is Jason Lombardi. I'm an inspector at DryTech. At DryTech we offer three major services. The first one being basement waterproofing. The second service we offer is foundation and structural repairs. And then the third service that we offer is mold remediation. If you feel you are having a waterproofing issue, give DryTech a call or check us out online. E-A-G-L-E-S Eagles We're back. Yes, we are. That's Derek. I am Rob. We're hanging out with you on this Monday. All right, Gunner. Uh, so we mentioned last night that the Heat get even in the NBA Finals. Series 1-1 right now. Um, early on, you could tell it was going to be a little bit of a different game. They came out hitting shots. Max Struess was hitting shots. Their, their role players played a lot better than they played in game one. Um, and then then Denver kind of went on a run and, and took the lead. You go into the second half, and Miami's hanging around, hanging around, hanging around. And all of a sudden, they make their move. And, you know, they end up, they end up pulling it out. And uh, Vincent played really well. Adebayo played really well. Butler came on in the fourth. Uh, he was pretty quiet early and they just made enough plays. You know, they made enough plays and really other than Joker, Denver didn't get a whole, like Jamal Murray was great in the first half. He was real quiet yeah. in the second half. Well, that was Miami's ability to take him out of a game and doing a much better job in terms of defending him and shadowing him. Um, you know, Robinson had a big fourth quarter yeah. for Miami as well. He had some key shots in the fourth quarter as well. He was four for five in the field for them as well. Yeah. Um, and that's why I said anytime I've watched this Miami team throughout this playoffs and they lose a game, I cannot wait to see how Eric Spolster counters. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, 
Think about the short amount of time you have in between games. Although I don't like the fact that they're spacing these finals games out like every two or three days now instead of, you know, every other day. I mean, it's, the NBA is getting money's worth um, out of these playoff games. And now they're going from Sunday and the next game's not until Wednesday. I know. You know, I, know. I, I understand. Travel day is Monday. You couldn't play the game Tuesday. We got to wait till Wednesday for game three. I agree you with know. you. But I understand yeah. why they're doing it. Okay, I get that. But. When I look at what Eric Spolstra does, and I don't think he gets enough accolades in terms of being recognized for his coaching ability. Um, and when you think about how many times he's taken a team deep into the playoffs and the fact that Pat Riley and that brain trust has, has made sure that he goes nowhere, they keep him there, um, says a lot about his caliber of dealing with. Think about this. Here's the biggest kudo. If there was ever a coach that should get coach of the year, it should be Eric Spolstra for dealing with Jimmy Butler. Yep. You think about how how Butler was. He didn't last year. Mm -hmm. Butler was not afraid to speak up when he was here in Philadelphia in a short stint. That didn't last long. Minnesota, he was threatening everybody in Minnesota. Mm -hmm. Minnesota, He was challenging. He would walk into practice and challenge guys every single day. But Jimmy goes to Miami. We don't hear as much about the Jimmy Butler antics. Now, Jimmy still says some very interesting things after games, but Jimmy Butler's always saying, it's not about me and the other guys. Mm-hmm. We are a team, you know. So whatever Jimmy Butler, whatever Spolstra and Pat Riley got, got Jimmy Butler to do and say, it has worked. You know, you look at Miami historically, when was the last time they won an NBA title? I forgot. It was forgot the LeBron group uh with, with wade and bosh but they've they've been consistently a playoff oh good they're all yeah they're they're always in it yeah they you know. they, they went they they went to the final in the bubble yeah and they lost in the eastern conference finals last year remember uh butler had the had the shot at the, the three at the buzzer but so yes. they, they're yeah they're there i mean they're there um so bolster and those guys have gotten jimmy to buy in to whatever their, their, their culture is down there, whatever they're doing. Mm-hmm. And can you imagine how frustrating it must be in some regards to a Jimmy Butler when you consider this is not a star-studded team. This is a team that, for the most part, would look average on paper, but they don't play average. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. There's nothing about them that they, they play average in any way, shape, or form. Mm-hmm. and Jimmy accepts his role. And I'm looking at Jimmy throughout the playoffs, even the Boston series, when they were going up 3-0. Jimmy didn't have to score 35, 40 points a game. He would be in the 20s, and he knew his other teammates would step up at the most opportune times. Yep. And that's the reason why they knocked Boston out in seven games, because Jimmy didn't have to put this team on his back. In the Milwaukee series, Jimmy had to put that team on his back first round of the playoffs. Jimmy put that team on his back and will that team – to a series win over the Bucks, But as the playoffs unfolded and players better understood their roles, it allowed Jimmy to, to be who he was, but to not hoist up a lot of unnecessary shots because he knew at any given moment, anybody he passes the ball to could have the hot hand. That team is deep in terms you and, and unpredictable in terms of, you don't know who's going to have the hot hand in any given moment. It could be Lowry. It could be love. It could be Struess. And that's the way they've gone through these playoffs. It has not been just one person, you know, carrying this team. It has been a multitude of guys. Even when they lost Hero, 
and Oladipo. They still have a bunch of guys that know, give me the ball, and I can rise to the occasion. And that's exactly why they're in the finals. No, I listen, I'm with you. Uh, I'm with you 100%. And it's you're right. He, he, even like Lowry just makes a lot of little plays for you, you know, which are just critical. It really, they really do. Um, so, they, yeah, they, as you mentioned, they, they don't play again until Wednesday, which will be back in Miami now uh, for that. But after the game, I mentioned this earlier, Mike Malone didn't hold back. He was <laughs> he was hot, man. He sat down hot and he went, he, he, he laid it out. So there was no tiptoeing around this thing. Effort, <laughs> unacceptable. Just just went off. Um, I lo- I found it refreshing. I did, and he did, he didn't sit there and, and and call one guy out individually. He he would just said we as a team did not defend. We were not focused on defense. We did not give the effort that needed to be given at this level. And that's what happens. That's how you lose. It's good for him. We we, we I, I love his approach to this, and obviously he's been that kind. Of, we haven't seen Denver much this year, but obviously he's been that kind of coach uh, all season long. I love the polar opposites between Malone and Spolstra. When they lose a game, Spolstra's like, we just got to do things better. We didn't play with the same tenacity. He has the same tone in his voice every time, like, okay, we'll get this corrected. You know, there's no there's no foaming at the mouth. There's no, you know, no, no rise in the octave range in the voice. Whereas Malone, um, I love that fiery passion, like an NFL coach yep. almost. Yeah, um, he came out. He ripped everybody. He left no stone unturned, including his star player Jokic. Mm-hmm. You know, he included everybody. He wanted to make sure everybody got that message. Yeah. And obviously, that's worked for Denver because look at the position they're in right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but but I, I love how Spolster also takes the cool, calm approach. Yeah, you know, they outworked us. We got to do these little things better. We will make adjustments. And he's lived up to everything that he said he's going to do in the playoffs. You're right. He has, no doubt. Um, all right. I, I want to go back. I want to go back to Butler for just a moment because I looked this up. Now, Butler, this is his fourth season in Miami. Okay. Yes. Now think about the frustration um Jimmy Butler could endure, knowing that he could be um explosive at any given moment. So you go back to his first season. Um, his first season in Miami. They get all the way to the NBA Finals. They lose to the Lakers in in in, in six games. Mm-hmm. The next season, they lose the first round four zip to the Bucks. Right. The last season before this one, they lose to the Celtics in the conference finals, uh, four games to three. Yeah, and he had a, he had a shot at the buzzer. Yeah, and he had a Pretty shot at luck. the buzzer. And then this year, they finally get their revenge on, on Boston, and, and get back to the conference as finals. an eight seed. As a number eight seed, a number eight seed, by the way, that has now set a record for the most wins for an eight seed in playoff history, winning 13 games mm-hmm. in the playoffs. And like I said, when a player gets that close year in and year out, especially an outspoken player like a Jimmy Butler, you're just waiting. You're just waiting for him to blow up. Even when the season is over, you're waiting for, you haven't heard that from Jimmy Butler since he's been in Miami. No. And you no. understand it. Like you, you look at a player like LeBron. LeBron puts himself in positions to succeed. He leaves Cleveland, goes to Miami to a star-studded roster, gets his rings there. Mm-hmm. You know, then he goes to he puts himself in a position, goes to the Lakers, gets his ring there. Jimmy Butler has stayed the course. Has not he he's he's been verbose in terms of we need to do better, we need to do better, I need to do better. But he has not called people out like he did in Philadelphia or Minnesota. 
So again, I go back to what I initially said about him. Whatever Peck Riley and Eric Spolster got him to buy into, he has bought in wholeheartedly knowing that there's a possibility they may lose this, this finals, but considering what they did after that first, uh, after what they did last night in Denver, it's all bets are off the table. Now I'm each game after what I saw last night, I'm more and more intrigued with the storylines unfolding in the next game because it's so unpredictable. I know. I Look, I can't wait to see how much of the message was received by the Nuggets if they're on their P's and Q's defensively. You know, if, if Miami could do anything to slow Joker down. Uh, you know, what are the Miami role players going to show up like they did in game two? Yeah, like I'm I'm, I'm in. I, I think it's, it's just it's become a very fascinating series. It really has. Yes. I think Denver's the way more talented team. But we could have said that last series, Boston has more talent on paper. But Miami's yes. got a lot of heart, yes. man. A lot of heart, and they're well coached. So, yeah, it's going to be fun. All right, I, I don't know if you saw this. Two things I, I want to get to. One, Sam Cassell is going to the Celtics to be an assistant with Joe Mazzola. That's a smart move by the by the Celtics. You want a, a veteran coach, a guy who's been around. Yes, Cassell has not been a, a head coach, but he's been around a long time right. as a player and an assistant, and he's a guy who commands respect from the players. So that is a smart move, unfortunately, by Boston. I don't like to see Boston make smart moves, but that's uh, that's a smart move. He'll he'll be missed. He was uh, I thought he was a good assistant, and he was great for Tyrese Maxey. He was very good for his development. So he's going there. The money that assistant coaches are getting now, Derek. So Kevin Young, who was considered by many, he was in the running for the Suns' head coaching job. He didn't get it. He was on the bench last year with Monty Williams in Phoenix. He's going to stay in, in Phoenix and be the top paid assistant in the league. He's making $2 million per year Ooh. as the assistant coach in Phoenix. Yes. These guys, man, they're getting paid now, the assistants. Well, we've seen it across the league in the National Football League, offensive and defensive coordinators and what they make. Yeah. Um, so I'm not surprised. And it's come to this in the NBA. If you're not the head guy, but you're a guy they value. They're going to pay you to keep you now. Mm-hmm. They don't want to see you become a nemesis somewhere else, especially if you end up in their conference and you know their system and their culture. They don't want that to happen, so they pay you a little bit more now. Mm-hmm. So kudos to these guys, man. You know, Some of these guys really don't want to be head coaches, let's yeah. face it. yeah, They love giving their input. They love coaching up players individually, collectively. But they don't want that onus on them of having to be the guy, you know. And so, what do you do? You 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 apply your trade. You get as good as you can get. And if you're making a couple million a year, being a first assistant or a second assistant, and you're happy with that, hey, look, man, two million dollars is two million dollars. Even after you pay an agent and all these different taxes and stuff, hey, you're still living a pretty doggone good life. No doubt. You know? There is no doubt about that for sure. Um, and, you know, you, you were thinking, does he, will he go with Monty Williams to Detroit? Hey, look, man, if Phoenix is offering you that you that kind, of, that kind of money and you could stay in Phoenix rather than go to Detroit, no disrespect to Detroit, yes. you yeah. stay in Phoenix. Um, no so I, I do. it makes me wonder, you know, what direction the Sixers are going to go with their staff. You know, I, I, um, I know that, that Nick Nurse's number one guy, was Adrian Griffin, who got the head coaching gig in Milwaukee. So obviously right. he's not coming here. But I wonder how many of, of folks, the folks that he had on his bench, he will be moving to Philadelphia with him. But that's I'm sure we'll be hearing about that probably this week, I would think, after he's already in place now. I, I wonder also 
how much freedom does he have to bring in his own people compared to making suggestions to the front office and them implementing, especially right. Daryl, Daryl Morey, implementing who he would like to see as part of this staff as well. Mm-hmm. You know, if you bring in a Nick Nurse who's had a good measure of success, uh, I think you would give him the leeway to bring in people he's comfortable with. But I'm sure Morey has a few people as well who he feels would be good assistant coaches to help certain players already on this roster get that much better. I mean, obviously, it's got to be a meeting of the minds to a certain degree. But if you're a smart organization, you listen to your new head coach who's had a measure, good measure of success in the National Football League, and you take your st- suggestions not only to heart, but you do what you can to get them in here to make them as compatible as possible. Yeah. No, right. And, and that's going to be huge. And you also need to bring in guys, Derek, who are going to be able to reach and be potentially hardened, you know, who, 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 who can get that kind of respect. I don't know how many people that they may keep some, some guys around from, from the last regime. We'll see, but we don't, we don't know right now. looks like doc's not going to have a gig. So it's not like he's going to be taking anybody with him. Um, so that's not something you're, you necessarily fear, but I, I, you know, here's the thing. Just think about this, this weekend, like, I, I really like the Nick Nurse hire. I, I, I was my number one choice, so I'm really happy about that. But I think you could have two diametrically opposed thoughts here. Like one is, I'm really excited. I think Nurse is the best choice that they could have had, could have made. I still can't get optimistic yet about this team. I can't because I don't know if Harden's going to be back. I don't know what that contract's going to look like if he is back. Can I trust in beat? He's shown me that I shouldn't trust him. Um, you know, is Tobias Harris going to be traded? What are they going to do differently? You can't run this thing back. I, I just, it's hard. Usually if, if they land the guy that you want, you're excited in terms of a coach and part of me is, but the other part right. of me is like, you know, don't, don't fall for the banana in the tailpipe, man. You know, it's, <laughs> it's going to look a little different, but it's not going to look different enough. Or, or at least right now it's not, that could change. Like that subject jet to change. If I see that they're doing the right things, if Daryl Morey shows to me that he's that guy, you know what I mean? That he's that yeah. guy of, of, of finding diamonds in the rough, finding some, some great lower market deals because they don't have a ton of salary cap space, et cetera. I'm just, hard for me right now to be honest with you i don't know if i can get excited about this sixers team until after christmas to be honest um i need to see a full dose of what it looks like and i don't blame you at this stage because the the roster is so vague can nick get through to joel i need to see a good sample of it and i think from from late october through through christmas is a good sample size of what exactly uh, we're expecting. Who knows? This team could come out like gangbusters and win 80% of their games between the opener of the season and Christmas. You don't know. Or it could be an average team. We still don't know. But I have to give it some time to to take root, you know. And, 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 and I think, number one, most importantly, is you have to watch the body language between Nurse and Embiid. Right. Will, will Nurse get in his grill and will – and be jaw, jaw back at him, or will he take it and go out and play a better brand of basketball, Nick Nurse's style of basketball? That's yeah. going to be imperative to watch closely, but I don't blame you one bit for not getting excited about it. 
because there's so many uncertainties right now in which direction this team is going and what the what the roster complexion is going to look like at this point in time. And you know, whereas you know, you and a lot of Philly fans may jump on this bandwagon right away if they come out of the gate playing well. I can't. I'm more deliberate in terms of I need to see a good good dose of this thing before I form a, a definitive opinion on it. Yeah, and 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 I'm I'm just sort of I'm I'm willing to say that hey, in two months or three months, my opinion of this could be different depending on what they do. In fairness to them, they're still right now at the mercy of what James Harden decides he's going to do. They're yep. still at the mercy of well, not the they're they're, they're I think they're going to actively try to trade Tobias Harris, so that could change the way that they look too. So there's a lot of things that could happen between now and then. Um, but I just and I also the other tough thing is Derek, you watch these finals and you see Jimmy Butler, a guy who should be here doing what he's doing. You're watching Joker, even though they lost last night, but coming up big in huge spots, not playing afraid, not kind of quitting like Embiid did. And it doesn't make you feel good about your team when you, when you, when you watch that kind of stuff, it just doesn't, yep. Yep. you know, you can appreciate what's happening in the brand of basketball, but it also shows you, you know, the shortcomings. Like I heard a lot of people say, you know what, if the Sixers had beaten Boston, uh, they would have cruised through, you know, a Miami team. Whatever. That's nope. nonsense. Nope. Miami nope. would have beaten them. Miami nope. absolutely would have beaten them in my opinion. Sixers don't have, after watching the Sixers buyout against Boston, the Sixers don't have that mentality like Miami. They just don't. And that's not a knock against the Sixers. Miami uh, Miami showed that their will was was too tenacious for Boston to handle, mm-hmm. too tenacious for Milwaukee to handle. The 76ers don't have that mindset of a, of a Miami team. They're not built like that. You know, forget about the physical attributes there's a certain mental quality you have to have to where people can't get inside your head. Miami allows Miami is the best team I think in the league in terms of the Jedi mind tricks without a doubt. There's no question about it. Mm-hmm. Um, you think you got us the, uh, wait, stay right there. We got something to show you, <laughs> you know, and sure enough, lo and behold, they're still standing. They're still mm-hmm. standing just like Denver three wins away from hoisting that trophy. Yeah. I know it's incredible. The run, their run has been and uncre- absolutely just incredible. All right. So uh, when we come back, Derek, we will turn our sights to the NFL. Uh, we'll give you a couple updates. Bill's making some moves. Uh, I'll tell you about someone who was uh, pretty legendary in the game that, that passed away. We'll give you a couple other updates uh, here and there. Josh Harris latest on his bid to buy the commanders, but we will be drafting our defensive players. Uh, Best defensive players that are that are present day. We will get into that. We're going to be doing D-end, D-tackle, linebacker, corner, safety. We'll hit all those positions when we come back. Don't go anywhere. He's Derek. I'm Rob. We are Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. We're going to talk right now about Flynn Tree Services. Yes, they are a licensed, bonded, and fully insured uh, Pennsylvania Tree Services company that will trim or remove any unwanted trees off of your property. They offer cost-effective solutions to any tree problem that you may face. They are experts at trimming all types of trees, and they serve southeastern Pennsylvania, South Jersey, and northern Delaware. Flynn Tree Services specializes in tree removal, stump grinding, as well as tree pruning. Keep in mind, we're having some good weather right now. It's a great time to get your trees evaluated before we get the heavy rains and the winds that accompany the summertime. 
You go to their Facebook or Instagram page for more information or a sampling of their work. Give Flynn Tree Services a call at 610-850-2848. 610-850-2848 or online at FlynnTreeServices.com. That's FlynnTreeServices.com. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. And the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit. And the hits. Go for the stakes. And the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. The greatest fans on earth. It's a bold statement, but would you expect anything less from Philadelphia? 58 years of heartache creates a toughness, a grit, a resolve not found in most. Sure, our prayers were answered, but now that we've had a taste, we're looking for more. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go birds! <clears throat> Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction. Go with trust. Go birds! And go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. All right, did you know I was the mommy slam dunk champion? Really? <laughs> yes, really don't sound so surprised. Let's see it. Oh, you're ready. All right, here we go. Let's hear the crowd. So go to right, go to left. Fake them out. Mama, go up, up, up. She did it. Again. You can't avoid gravity, but United Healthcare can help you avoid financial surprises by helping you compare costs and doctor quality ratings. United Healthcare. Uh-huh. Number three, what's up, everybody? Thanks for hanging out with us. We are Sports Take. Tell a friend, Derek Gunn. Rob Ellis hanging with you on this Monday. All right, some NFL news here, Derek. The Bills active. Uh, One-year deal for Leonard Floyd. Um, he, had a, he had another really good year last year. Look, he's had a, a very good career. Um, it's an aggressive move. I like it. If, if I'm a Buffalo fan, I'm very excited by that for a couple of reasons. One, and I know he's sworn he's going to be ready for, for week one, but you know, we don't know exactly what it's going to look like for Von Miller for a little while here when he's coming no. back from that 
that pretty serious knee injury. You get a guy like Floyd in here, that's a nice little insurance policy to start the year. That's a Sean McDermott move. You know, Sean yep. McDermott, uh, he's a de- defensive mind. He loves to stack players at position, especially edge rushers nowadays. Sean is very good at finding across the board, like what the Eagles had in 2022. When you look at Buffalo's defense when it was the best, McDermott had from tackle from, from edge to edge guys that can just constantly put pressure on a quarterback. And so I'm not surprised that, that, that the Buffalo Bills made this move. And you're right. Because of the uncertainty. Now, Von Miller says he guarantees you he'll be ready for week one. Okay. You know, um, I'm not going to doubt Von Miller because Von Miller's been around the block a few times. But I think that's a great move for them to get, to, to get him in there. Yeah, you bring him in and, you know, you're talking about a guy who was still very productive last year, nine sacks. So he comes in with nine yeah. sacks, uh, 10 tackles for losses. Still a good player. He's only 30. I, it, for, for some reason, it just feels like he's been around a little bit longer than that. But I know. Still, I know. Yeah, still definitely has gas left in the tank. Uh, speaking of Buffalo, so they extend one of their own who was already there. Ed Oliver gets four years, $68 million. You know one thing we've really learned this off this offseason, Derek? Yeah. Defensive tackles get paid now, whereas before they Woo! didn't quite get that D-end edge rusher money. Now they do. Man. Mm-hmm. Javon Hargrave got $84 million for what he did here. He got, a, he got Javon, 21 a year. You know, Javon was good on the pass rush, but he didn't play the run very well. He gets $84 million. Mm-hmm. And, and I look at Ed Oliver, and Ed's been consistent. He's been a consistent player yeah. for a long time for them. Um, and that's the price now. You know, mm-hmm. that's 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 the going market now. So yeah. why, why shouldn't he? Why shouldn't he get the money? Like It's just I'm at a point now, Rob, I'm numb. To the numbers NFL players are getting now. Now, yeah. guarantee, no, they, 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 um, don't get the guaranteed money like baseball does or the NBA does, but the numbers have gone up significantly at, at a number of positions ac- across the board. Right. Defensive tackles, edge rushers, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Uh, left tackles, right tackles in the National Football League. And of course, the new TV money hasn't even kicked in yet. Right, and quarterback numbers are through the roof. Yeah, you know when you think about it. I mean, wait, wait, do, do you see what Burrow gets? Like, I, I, he's Burrow. I think what he's about like Justin he's, Herbert? No, I know, I know. I, I only say Burrow because I think he's going to be next because it feels like the the reports are like that they're getting close here. But yes, I mean, both of those guys. It's going to be crazy. It's going to be it's going to be more than what Hurts got. Whatever I, 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 you know, it's it's still nice coin no matter what it is. But yes, but, but, but but you look at you look at Ed Oliver's stats, okay. And this is from a D tackle position, so we take that into consideration. He he he's got four years in the league. He's never had more than five sacks in a season. His best season for sacks was his rookie year in 2019 at five. Right. In four years, he's had a grand total of 14 and a half. And I know we compare a lot of D tackles by Aaron Donald, who's just a freak of nature playing that position mm-hmm. but for the fact that buffalo gave him four years of 68 million dollars and, and i think that falls into the category of, of a fletcher cox there's a lot of things that ed oliver does that we don't see in the stats show up but it's very valuable to what the buffalo bills defensive scheme is all about mm-hmm. you don't just pay that man 68 million dollars based on being average You're right you know so, so well it's that's the that's the ultimate you know, it's fun. Defensive tackle is a little bit like uh, a, a really great shutdown corner in this sense. Don't be fooled by the numbers. 
a great shutdown corner might not have a lot of passes thrown his way, so he's not going to get a lot of interceptions or pass breakups. That's out of respect because teams are afraid of that guy. Like Dion was that way for years. Dion's interception totals are not crazy high. Defensive tackles may not have a lot of tackles or sacks, yeah. Yeah. but they're eating up two guys at the same time. They're allowing the linebackers to do their thing. They're allowing, uh, you know, on on uh, on a passing in a passing situation, they're pushing that pocket into the face of the quarterback, which is then in turn allowing your edge rushers to get there. So, absolutely, those numbers can be a little bit tricky for sure. Uh, the uh, this is a sad one. A couple sad ones here. Uh, Norma Hunt passed away. She was the widow of Lamar Hunt. Uh, she was 85 years old. Lamar Hunt, one of the original uh, original owners in the NFL, uh, had been around the team for a long time. Uh, she had got her. How about this this factoid? She had attended all 57 Super Bowls, including this yep. past year. Yeah, that's, that's a pretty cool uh, stat right there, dude. That's that's not bad. And when you think what well, she well, she was 85 years old, and still getting yeah. around like that. Yeah, dude, that that's that's awesome. Yeah. Um, you know, she was a pioneer. The family, the Hunt family is a pioneer in the NFL. Mm-hmm. You know, very instrumental in, in bringing the two leagues together back in the day. Uh, when you think about it, she was a matriarch of the NFL. Yep. Um, and you hate you hate to see it go, um, unfortunately. But, man, the legacy she leaves behind. Whew, yeah. You, 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 you can't – you can't – that's immeasurable in a lot of ways. The legacy – her and her family have left behind in the NFL. No doubt. Um, all right. So this is very cool. I, I love, I love what DeMar Hamlin has been doing ever since, you know, he, he, he went through that very traumatic uh, incident that happened to him uh, on the field in, uh, in Cincinnati. But um, yep. so this is very cool. So he's doing this week, he's doing the city of Buffalo, but he's also going to be doing Pittsburgh and Cincinnati where this occurred. So those three cities are where it's going to start, but then they're going to branch out all over the place. So uh, they're distributing AEDs, that is automated exterior defibrillators, to youth mm. leagues in the area of Buffalo this week. And they're they're teaching them, the, the, the folks at these youth organizations, CPR. Wow. So that if anything like this ever happens to one of the kids or somebody who's, you know, a, a fan in the stands or whatever, if any of this kind of thing ever happens, that people there on the grounds will be trained and ready to go. And like I said, Hamlin's going to be doing Buffalo, Cincinnati and Pittsburgh, which is where he's from originally, uh, just to kind of start this. But they're hoping to go all over the country with this. This is awesome. Very cool. Um. Unfortunately, a, an almost tragic situation has really opened the awareness of a lot of people when, when it comes to things like this. And you're right. I think this is unbelievable because I think people now, you know, when, when it comes to, hey, you should learn CPR. Oh, yeah, I'll get to it one day. Right. I think there's going to be a sense of urgency now. And I love the fact that they're doing this with the youth football programs as well, because these kids, even at the youth level, are getting bigger. And they're stronger mm-hmm. and they're not taught a lot of the techniques, you know, in terms of protecting yourself in form tackling or, or protecting your, uh, uh, tightening up your body, roll the shoulder when you're about to be hit. And these are younger people nowadays getting head traumas as well. We keep talking about the head traumas uh, starting in, in, in traumas, physical trauma starting at the collegiate level and the pro level. No, they started these youth programs all the mm-hmm. way through high school nowadays. Yep. 
And, and I think this will make people more aware and expedite the process of people taking this more seriously. When you consider how many people converged on that field to help save that young man's life, you know, and the time, the expediency which they showed yes. saved his life. I mean, the, plain and simple. There were so many yes. people that had the right thought that we need to do this. We better do this now, X, Y, and Z. And if you didn't do it in that order, he's probably not with us right now. So those I, people I, are should be commended beyond, beyond belief. I can't even begin to tell you how many videos I see a yearly now at the at the not at the Pop Warner level, but the next level at nine to 12, 12 to fifteen level, uh, and, and even high school kids getting blown up, mm-hmm. just blown up, carrying the ball. Dudes making big hits and they get hurt just as bad as the guy they, they laid the lumber on. You you got to start addressing this at a younger age, you know, and you got to be prepared for emergency situations better. And let's face it, a lot of programs, a lot of school districts, don't have the funds. They don't put into this. They don't. Yep. But if you can get these these devices out to these schools free of charge, mm-hmm. I guarantee you, more and more schools will be in a waiting line trying to get them. Now I agree you know, with you because they're a necessity, man. I agree with you. Uh, Josh Harris is taking the next step towards his purchase of the Commanders. He will meet with the NFL's finance committee Wednesday, uh, according to multiple sources. It's uh, another step towards a possible vote by the NFL owners to approve the sale, which they're hoping to have it approved by this summer, Derek. So I guess that means he could be the owner as they start next year, as they start this season by September. You know, we heard recently that we we heard recently that the league has some concerns about his the money flow of him and his contingent. And I'd like to know what money flow could they possibly have? You got a man who owns several pro teams, Magic Johnson. Everything he touches turns turns to money. Josh Harris is not going to surround himself with people that can't help foot the bill of something like this. So hopefully it comes out because I'm just curious to see what exactly was the red flag for the NFL in terms of maybe holding off a little bit longer than they, they would have in, in terms of approving Josh Harris's group to buy into this. Because let's face it, uh, the, the league is very meticulous about who comes in as an owner and becomes part of their of their brotherhood. They are very meticulous about this. Yeah. And so when that red flag went up, I'm like, how is that possible? Yeah. Uh, the money flow they have? Prospective owners have uh, must have a 30% equity stake in the team and can't take on more than $1.1 billion in debt. So the Harris Group has 20 limited partners, according to a source, uh, and each one has to be vetted. So I guess part of it, too, is just let's let's do backgrounds on every single person that's involved yeah. here. Yeah, you know, even beyond Josh Harris or Magic Johnson or whoever else he's involved with. So that's I think that's what it comes down to. But yeah, okay. here's the thing: the last thing they want on their hands. First of all, you need somebody who's got the the bread. But the last thing they want is another Daniel Snyder. Like they're no looking question. at it like we just got rid of this dude. We got to make sure that whoever comes in next is, you know, on the up and up for sure. And I'm sure they have a few current owners they wish they could get rid of, but oh. they can't because they're grandfathered uh-huh. in. Yep. You know, you get that right. Yeah, there's no question about that. Um, all right, so beyond that, a couple other uh, NFL odds and ends here. Kyle Pitts, you remember we talked about him a little bit yesterday. Yeah, we did. The uh, the young tight end from the uh, from the Falcons. He's a Philly kid uh, as well, but he looks like he's poised to be an absolute stud. He expects that he's going to be ready to go uh, to start the season. And Arthur Smith Good. said he anticipates everybody ready for that September 10th game. He's recovering from uh, MCL. Surgery. He had his MCL uh, repaired, 
So mm-hmm. he, it looks like he's going to be good to go. Um, he was off to a good start. This is where, you know, Pitts and Ritter really need to form a bond here and be their own best friends, you know, so each each guy's career can kind of take off here. I said last week that uh, Pitts reminds me very much of a Tony Gonzalez. Yep. You know, a big body, but has the ability to accelerate quickly. Uh, great pass catching radius, physical traffic catcher too. Yes, yeah. you can't, you can't, you can't match up one on one with him. Um, and it's unfortunate he lost significant time because of that knee injury. But if he comes all the way back, I expect him to put up some incredible numbers down there in Atlanta. If Ritter is the quarterback, if not, they're gonna have to find another quarterback, which obviously stagnates his growth and his numbers overall. But I expect this young man to have a phenomenal career before he's all said and done. He became the second rookie tight end in NFL history to go over a thousand yards. And that's missing some time too. So and and look and look at the team he was playing on for him to be able to do that. And don't look at his thousand yards. Look at his yards after the catch as well. Yeah. You know, uh, that tells you all you need to know about his physical attributes as a football player. Mm-hmm. Well said. Well said. All right. You want to do this thing? Let's do this thing. Uh, All right. Uh, let's see here. Am I ready for this or not? Ready or not. Here we come. Uh, so we're going to do a little mini draft like we did last uh, Friday. We did offense last Friday. Today we'll do defense. So basically here's the way it works. We, we've chosen a few. Now we're, we're going to, we're going to include edge guys as defensive ends where right. you could maybe technically call them outside linebackers. So an example, TJ Watt, Hassan Reddick, we're going to call them defensive ends for our purpose. Right. 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 So we're going to do defensive end, D tackle linebacker corner safety. All right. There are spots. You get one, I get one and we'll, and we'll go blah, 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 blah. We'll each have two from each position. All right. That's the way we'll do it. Okay. You get you get first crack, my friend. You get the first overall pick at the D end edge spot. Okay. Um, I got to start with Nick Bosa. Uh, nonstop motor. Yep. Uh, I understand he didn't show up against the Eagles uh, in that playoff game, but you look at his overall body of work. Uh, it cannot be it cannot be overlooked. Uh, this dude is is a beast. He is strong. He is stout off the edge. Uh, he had eighteen and a half sacks last year. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and since he's been in the league, my goodness, you know, uh, you can't you can't say enough about what he's been able to do as a professional football player. It's sick. You know, he's had 34 sacks in the last two years. Jeez. 34 sacks in the last two years. dude. That's enough for me. So I got to start with Nick Bosa. OK, good choice. All right, I, I'm going to go T.J. Watt. Um, I, I think he is the Okay, most... so you're putting T.J. in the edge rusher, not linebacker category? Yeah, he's an edge rusher. Yeah. All right, yeah. just messing up my whole list then. Okay. Sorry. That's what I tried to all say. Right. That's what I was saying earlier. Um, all right. I, 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 if you want, I'll take Bosa You want if you want Watt. No, I have Watt, I have Watt in my linebacking groups, and I got to take him out of the linebacking group. You know what? Let's let's get crazy. Well, you can use him as a linebacker. I'll use him as a. Uh, as, All right, as a sounds good. All right, let's do it. All right. So look, I, I you know it, it's not a coincidence when he plays, Pittsburgh wins. When he doesn't, they lose. I, I don't think there's uh, any any surprises there with this guy. The only thing you hope is that he can stay on the field because when he's on the field, he's a machine. Yeah. I mean, his 
you know, in 10 games last year, he had five and a half sacks. Uh, yeah. it, it's just the things that he does. He had eight, eight tackles for losses, five pass defense, two interceptions, uh, you know, a forced fumble. He's just a machine. But if you look at him career wise and, and I think Pittsburgh's used him just, just perfectly in his career, but, uh, 22 and a half sacks in 21, 15, the year before that 14 and a half before that 13 before that. Anyway, the, the guy's a monster and he's only 28. He'll, he'll turn 29 during the season. So he's got a, I think he's got a good five years left at an incredibly high level. So he could be joining his brother, you know, JJ in the, in the hall of fame someday at this rate, yep. Yep. you know? I so, agree. um, all right. So that was my, you, give me your other, uh, your other D E slash edge. I really struggled with this one. Um, and, 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 and I, what it came down to was the overall body of work throughout their career. Um, and I had to go with Miles Garrett of Cleveland. Mm. Um, it wasn't by much. And, and you know, I, I'm sure you're going to pick the guy that I didn't pick, but Miles Garrett had 16 sacks last year. That was his second year in a row. He had 16 quarterback sacks, second year in a row. Mm-hmm. Every year he's been in the league, he's been in the league six years. Every league, every year except his rookie year, he has had double-digit sacks. Jeez, that is consistency, man. His first year in the league, he had seven. After that, he had 13 and a half, 10, 12, 16, 16. He has a career total of 74 and a half QB sacks. And I can't overlook that. And there's a lot of good edge rushers out there right now. And unfortunately for Miles, he's been stuck in, in like the purgatory of the NFL in Cleveland. That's part of the problem. Yep. That's big part of the problem. But in terms of his overall body of work, my goodness, the dude had 10 sacks. In 2019, he only played 10 games. He still had 10 sacks. Mm-hmm. I mean, it tells you all you need to know about right. a Miles Garrett. So it was a close choice, but I had to go with Miles Garrett as my number two. Well, that's where I would I, I would have gone there. So that's great choice. I, I would have okay. gone there. So again, I'm going to cheat a little bit. This is an edge guy, but I'm I'm taking Hassan Reddick. That's uh, what I thought. See, that was I wanted to take Reddick. Yeah, I, I just had to pick Garrett because of that that fact. Yeah, get, look, Garrett's the model of consistency. I, I, you know, and I, you know, when it came to Hassan Reddick, I was worried that the Eagles weren't going to use him right, and it took a minute, and then they did, and they got it. The, the rest is history. You know, second in the league in sacks. I just look at it. I got two guys who can really get after the quarterback, two guys who aren't just one trick ponies with, with Watt and Reddick, who also have a nose for the football, the force fumbles, like we talked about with the son Reddick a little yeah. earlier. Yep. So, um, all right, I'll tell so I'll take, uh, I'll take those guys. They would be mine. All right. Who, now let's jump over here to D tackle Derek. Okay. Uh, we'll go interior. You get first crack. Who are you going? Uh, Aaron Donald. Yeah, I have to, even though he had yep. an off year last year. Aaron Donald has been the model of consistency throughout his career. I know he had the injuries last year. Um, everybody measures themselves against an Aaron Donald. Uh, for a guy to play a defensive tackle position, which is physically exhausting, and yet for him to be as dominant as he has been in his career, uh, there's no question about it. Um, if, if I have to start a defensive, if I have to start a football team with the D tackle positions, Aaron Donald, a hundred times out of a hundred, I'm going with him. Yeah. I've watched this man too many times. He is not the biggest D tackle out there, but there is none stronger than him in terms of, of hitting a gap and finding openings in a gap. Aaron Donald to me is still the best of the best of that position. I think so too. I think that, you know, the reports of how much he slowed down is way overrated. Like he he's lost a little, he hasn't lost a lot at all. Right. Right. So yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you hundred percent. 
I'm going to go Chris Jones. I mean, Chris Jones yeah, to me, yeah. you know, in Kansas City is just a – he is a force to be reckoned with, man. Uh, you know, and he he's in the mold of like the Warren Saps of the world. You know, Donald too, but that will get sacks in addition to everything else that he does. You know, he'll stop the run. He'll get sacks. He helps your ends so much. Uh, I Man, I, I just – I think the guy's unbelievable. He is just an unbelievable football player and has been since he got there. So I'll go Chris Jones as one of my DTs. Okay. All right. Um, my next, uh, we what? We're picking two apiece? Yeah, you get one more. Yeah, we each get All one right. more. My next one I got to take is Deron Payne of Washington. Oh. Uh, for a body 6'3, 320 pounds, that dude is so agile and he collapses the pocket so easily. Ask the Eagles about how he collapses the po- po- uh, middle of the pocket. Mm-hmm. Um, he's another guy. That, that just, you know, for a guy that size, uh, to be able to be as uh, athletic and have the agility that he has is unbelievable. You know, he hasn't missed a game the last two seasons at probably one of the most physically demanding positions on the football field. He has 16 sacks over the last two seasons. He had 11 and a half last year's best, best year as a pro. I love everything about his game. And, of course, he got that big contract now to motivate him. Mm-hmm. So I had to pick Deron Payne as my number two. Good choice. Uh, he's a great player. Uh, you, you absolutely can't go wrong there. Um, I'm, I'm going to go with Quentin Williams out of the Jets. Oh, um, yes. I, I think this will be like his national recognition breakout kind of year because the Jets are going to be good. Yep. I think people will start really recognizing just, just what a stud this dude is. He is – he's a man among children sometimes in there in, in, in his ability to just take guys on, strength, uh, bend – there's nothing that that guy can't do. He's gonna. He's about to get paid too. They're about to extend him, but he, he's a, he, he's a monster, Quentin Williams. He yes, doesn't though. get the notoriety because he played on such a bad team for so long. Yeah, you know. Um, but you're right. When you look at his body of work for a young player who's evolving at this level, uh, he's a name in NFL circles. He is definitely a name that's mentioned among the best of the best of that position. Yeah. Big uh six three, three oh three. So he's got some size out of <laughs> Alabama just cranks him out, man. Alabama, Georgia. Uh all right. Then we'll uh let's go linebacker. I know I know I saw people asking Oof. what's what's uh Micah Parsons considered. It, it's a good question, like eleven seventeen. Yeah. Like he could he we could have gone either way with this. You could have put him on the edge, you could have called him a linebacker. Dallas moves him around so much, you know. Uh, for our purposes, we called him a linebacker. You could definitely argue it, but uh, Derek, I'll give you the first crack. I'm pretty sure I know who it's going to be. I've got five guys on the list, and I, I got to put I got to put TJ Watt. You know, TJ Watt stands okay. up on the outside. You know, okay. he, he's he's an edge rusher. He's a linebacker. He does so many different things. In Mike Tomlin's defense, but I've always known him to be be a, be a linebacker type. You know, he he missed a lot of time last year uh, because of injuries. He he only had five and a half sacks in ten games last year. Um, but when it comes to being a thorn in quarterback sides, there's nobody better than T.J. Watt. Mm-hmm. I mean, just think about it. A couple of years ago, the dude had twenty two and a half sacks. He came close to breaking a record. Mm-hmm. You know. And, and he would easily have double-digit sacks last year had he not gotten hurt. So I start with T.J. Watts uh, as my, for my linebacker. Linebacker, edge rusher, whatever you want to call it. 
All right, so th- this is, again, I- I'm going to go Parsons here because I'm going to call okay. him a linebacker. Uh, you know, and I, you can line him up almost everywhere. He can do anything. You know, look, he's uh, – you can make an argument he's the most dominant force in football on that side of the ball right now. He's he's become that great a player. But uh, his ability to get after the quarterback, to chase down running backs, uh, you know, he's, uh, he's fascinating. He's also I- – it's weird, man. Like he'll praise like Lane Johnson when the Eagles are playing somebody else on social media. Yeah. It's like a weird, yeah. it's weird. Um, but anyway, I'll go Micah Parsons uh, for, for one of my, one of my linebackers. All right. I've got three, I've got three left and man, I could just close my eyes and throw a dart at a dartboard and be happy with any one of these three. So I'm just going to tell you who the three are and, and, and then I'm going to have to pick one. All right. Matthew Judon of New England. I love him. He's phenomenal. Bobby Wagner, even though he's up there in years, still one of the smartest, best linebackers in the game. And Fred Warner of the 49ers. Good choices. So what it came down to was who would I want to be the center field of my defense? And I'm going to have to go with Fred Warner of the 49ers. You know, Fred Warner may not put up the huge stats in terms of sacks, but he is – an incredibly smart anticipator of where the flow may be going disruptor. He can cover, Mm -hmm. he can do everything you need from a linebacker who sees the field. Well, so well, Mm -hmm. he's been so consistent in his career. And when push came to shove, I just had to go with Fred Warner. Good choice, man. I I mean, I, I, I debated a couple guys. I I went, I went with Roquan Smith. Um, I just love his versatility. I think that it, I think you'll really see this year now, him being in the second year in that Baltimore system, you're going to see that guy shine. I considered some other guys too. I, I like you. I considered uh, Zuda, uh, 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 Judon, who I think is absolutely awesome. I considered High Smith, the, the kid Josh Uche from New yep. England as well. Yep. Uh, you know, I looked into all those guys, but yeah, I'm going to go with Roquan Smith. He's kind of old school in a lot of ways, but I just still love his game. So I'm going to take him. I mean, when you look at Judon, he's got 28 sacks over the last two seasons. He has 15 and a half last year. I mean, he's a bit for for today's linebacker to be 6'3", 261, that is huge for a linebacker. That is huge. You're right. But the dude is all over the field, man. I mean, he's wrecking stuff left and right everywhere he goes. You know, he really didn't find his niche until he got into a Bill Belichick defense. He was pretty good when he was in Baltimore. He played five years in Baltimore. But the last two years in New England is when he really – uh, a step to the forefront um, and made a, a big name for himself. Mm-hmm. Uh, hard to pass him up. Bobby Wagner's getting up there in years, but Bobby Wagner, you know, the rock of stability for Seattle for so many years. He goes to the Rams for one year. He was the heart and soul of that defense, which was a very porous defense. They had so many injuries on that defense, especially when Aaron Donald got hurt. And now he's back in Seattle again. That tells you how much Pete Carroll and that organization thinks of him. Uh, to bring him back, back at this stage of his career as they try to rebuild that defense and get better. Yeah, and there were some hard feelings when he left, so it's I'm glad Absolutely. they you know, Absolutely. got past it. All right, uh, well, let's go uh, Let's go corner now, Derek. You you got first uh, shot. Your, my cornerback may shock you. Okay. He's only been in the league one year, but what he did as a rookie is phenomenal. I got to go with Sauce Gardner. God. 
<laughs> you, you're killing me, man. Uh, yes, great choice. That's where I, I was going. I, I, I got to go sauce. I thought you were going to go veteran and I was going to get sauce. I was excited. All right. I could not believe this dude is a, a pass breakup, shut down corner. As a rookie, yep. quarterbacks were afraid to throw to his side of the field. He's an island guy. Just put him on an island and you're not, put, you don't even have to think about it. Yep. He's like the new age Stefan Gilmore. Yep. You know, put you, you don't throw to his side of the field. Nope. Because you're going to frustrate yourself more than you're going to find success over there. You don't see that happen with rookies. Mm-mm. So I hated to undercut you. That's what you get for let, that's what you get for being such a nice guy and allowing me to go first. I swear I, I thought you were going hard. veteran on that one. I, I, I was like, I was just waiting for you. And I was like, okay, I got him. And then you got me. All right, good choice. I'll give you another one, Derek. It's, I think, still a little bit under the radar right now and a okay. younger guy. Tariq Woolen. Out of Seattle. Oh, yeah. Oh. This dude can play, man. This guy's the real deal. Uh, you know, for people who aren't maybe that familiar with him, he's one of those guys who really helped the turnaround in Seattle, why they were they were just so good uh last year as a team. But you know, he came in there, he was a fifth round pick. I mean, they got him 153rd overall from Texas San Antonio. And he's six four. <laughs> 6'4", 210 pounds, but he had six picks, 16 pass defenses last year, also had 46 solo tackles. My man is a beast. Watch out for this guy because he's just getting that, better. That, that's, a, that's a real good pick. You know, that, that's, that's a good choice. And, and kudos to you for going outside of, the, uh, outside of the box and coming up with that name. But you're right. Yeah. Uh, I couldn't agree with you more in that regard. All right. My number two. Oh man, you talk about tough. I know. There's a good one. There's a lot of good ones to choose from. <clears throat> I gotta take Patrick Sertain of Denver. I love everything about this dude's yeah. game. 6'2, yep. 202. Uh, what can he not do on a football field? He mm-hmm. can cover, he can tackle, he can run with just about everybody in the National Football League. Yep. Uh, he's physical, fearless. Um, if you're drafting, if you're starting a secondary as you rebuild a team and the dude's barely, he's barely getting his feet wet in the league. He's still yeah. a young dude. He's only got two years in the pro game. Mm-hmm. He's 23 years old. Mm-hmm. Okay. And he's just going to get better. And now that you got Sean Payton and that coaching staff there, um, I can't wait to see him emerge even more so this year, but I love Patrick Sertain, man. I love a lot of these guys I have on my list, but I had to put him as my second. Good choice. Uh, I'm on a youth really movement, man. I know we are going with a lot of younger cats. That's for sure. Uh, I I sort of thought you might go this direction, but then I don't I don't know because we haven't talked about him a lot. Uh, Jair Alexander. Oh, I wanted Day. to, but I don't want to be a homer. I okay. didn't want to be a homer. Okay, so I I sort of debated. I I went back and forth, uh, frankly, between him and the other one I, I looked at closely is Jalen Ramsey. And, you know, I'm wondering what that's going to look like now for him in Miami. I think he's going to yep. have a really big year for yep. them. So I, I sort of went back and forth a little bit, but I'm going to go, I'm going to go Alexander on this one. Uh, there's not much not to like about this guy's game. Um, and he's, you know, really come in. He's another high volume interception guy. Uh, you know, Derek, they took him in, what was the 18th overall a few years yep. back. He's been really good for them ever since. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I feel good about, about him. Yeah, Green, Green Bay's not afraid to put him on the best receivers, and he he's a big time trash talker. But yep. he can run, he can run with anybody in the league. 
Um, he is a good tackler. Um, and he backs up the game. I mean, that's why at, at one point when Green Bay resigned him, he was the highest paid cornerback in the game. Now, obviously, others have passed him, but he was the highest paid corner in the league. He was quickly identified as a steal for Green Bay where they drafted him. So good pick by you for identifying Green Bay talent. There you go. All right. All right. You get first crack at our last category, safety. We've moved Woo! on to safety now. Safety. Yes. Yeah. I'm going with Minka Fitzpatrick of Pittsburgh. <sighs> Yes, I don't know if anybody plays the back end of a defense like him. To me, he's a modern-day Troy Polamalu, man. Yep. yep. The fact that he has emerged so well in Mike Tomlin's defensive scheme, perennial pro bowler, hard hitter, great see-it-in-front-of-you kind of guy, um, doesn't get fooled on plays. He's always in the middle of the big plays on that defensive scheme. Mm-hmm. I-, I love watching him play. Uh, when, when, you know, the rare times we get to see a Pittsburgh team play. Right. And think about how many times his name is called during a game. Uh, Minka Fitzpatrick, when you look at how many times he's been a pro bowler, uh, he's earned everything he's received in this game because of the way he studies the game and attacks the game. Yeah, I agree. He's been great since he was at Alabama, man. That's for sure. Uh, I'm going to go with Tayshawn Gibson here. uh, San Francisco, who I'm a big fan of. Uh, Yeah. He's not only got a nose for the ball, but he's also a really solid tackler. You could do a lot of different things with him. You could move him around. Uh, you could play him in the box, too. He's very aggressive. He's another guy who's kind of fearless. I, you know, and he's older now. I know that. Um, I get it. So this guy got to offset some of my young corners that I'm going with, but I still like his game. So I'll go with him. All right. You're going to go with him? Yeah. Um Man, the next one, I have two more on my list, and that's hard for me because I love both of these. I, love, I simply love both of these dudes. Yeah. But I'm going to take Jesse Bates, Yeah, you know, who, who yeah. just signed that monster contract down in Atlanta. Yep. Jesse Bates is speed on top of speed, uh, great cover guy. Uh, you can move him around in so many different positions, um, you know, play him down in the box. You can slant him um, as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, great center fielder. I know the Eagles fans were clamoring for him. You know, please get Jesse Bates here, please. Yep. And unfortunately, it didn't happen. He pri- he priced himself out of the Philadelphia market, and now we understand why. Um, but, man, you talk about a great tackler. His worst season, he had 71 tackles in the season, Ooh. and that was just this past season in Cincinnati. Everything else, from, from 2018 through 2021, his his least amount of tackles was 88. In two of those seasons, he had over well over 100 tackles in a season. Wow. wow. You know, and wow. as a safety, he has, he has 14 career interceptions. So Jesse that's Bates. That's a lot. That's a lot of picks, that's man. That's a lot for a safety, dude. That's a lot. So Je- Jesse Bates um, is up there among the best of the best. Okay. I, again, I kind of debated a couple guys here and I, I, I went old again here, Derek. I, I'm going with Quandre Diggs. Out of Seattle. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah, I, he's 30 at this point, but I still think he's a really good player. Uh, I, I just love the guy. I've always loved his game. Um, last year, high sack total again, like he usually has. He had four picks again last year. He, he had seven pass defenses. He had tackles for losses, all those kind of things. I just think he's still a good player. Um, and I'm older at that spot, but that's okay. Uh, it, it, I think they can still, th- those two guys probably have at least three more quality years in them. So I'll go with Diggs there as my other safety. Yeah, I, the one guy I left off that I toyed with Bates was Jordan Poyer. Uh, He's been doing uh, it for a long time. Yep. You know, when you consider how quickly the Eagles gave up on him, 
Huge. And, you know, he bounced, he bounced around for a little while. He spent one year in Philadelphia, only played in three games. Yeah. Then he goes to Cleveland, and you start to see him emerge. But once Sean McDermott got him in that Buffalo scheme to go along with Micah Hyde, and Micah Hyde's another one I really toyed with with, with uh, not taking. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jordan Poirier has 24 career interceptions now. Wow. You know, he's 32 years old. He's getting up there. It's hard to say. It's tough when you say he's getting up there 32 years of age. But Jordan, Por- Jordan Poirier has been the rock of Gibraltar on that mm-hmm. defense for this team. Mm-hmm. And he's he's made himself a pro bowler. I mean, let's face yeah. it. He's become a pro bowl type safety now. So I love his game. I love his tenacity. He still has the quickness to get to where he needs to be in a hurry, even at 32. And But unfortunately, Jesse, a little bit younger, so I had to go with Bates. Good choices. I like it. I like it, Gunner. They, they plus, were all very plus his other half is strong, very strong. Yes, you are correct, oh sir. Oh my goodness! You know you to are use correct, to use the words of the immortal Rob Ellis, strong. Yes. Um, all right, that was fun. So let's come back. Uh, we'll hit a bunch of different things, including birthdays and movies. We wait. Do we, we'll give Phillies a little bit of time too, which we didn't get a chance to get to either, uh, or a little bit earlier. We touched on them right away, but we'll dig a little bit deeper into them. When we come back as well. So don't go anywhere. We roll into the final segment of the program. He's Derek Gunn. I'm Rob Ellis. We are Sports Take, Jiga Sports YouTube Network. All right, we're talking about Razor technology. Yes, IT infrastructure environments are more complex and heterogeneous than ever before. Consequently, teams struggle to respond to pressing issues with the speed necessary to promote positive business results. And the data that powers predictive monitoring and automation is left unexploited. Razor technology addresses this challenge with a holistic approach that connects every part of an organization's technology assets, enabling proactive and secure IT operations without sacrificing the agility that drives innovation. Razor technology automates monitoring and management to bolster IT teams that are feeling stretched thin, and it improves auditing and reporting procedures so that actionable insights find their way to leaders that need them most. Save time and money on your IT and cloud services and secure your organization with leading end-to-end infrastructure solutions by calling Razor Technology today at 866-797-3282, 866-797-3282, or visit them online at razor-tech.com. That's razor-tech.com. Imaginations run wild and time stands still because here you can find the best of the Jersey Shore all on one five-mile island. So leave the old you behind and get lost in the woods.
Score and save at Southeastern PA in Delaware with Colony Pools this football season. And let the experts close your pool with a custom Merlin safety cover in green for the birds. And if you join our winter watch team, we'll give you another 20% off and Colony Pools will handle it all. Keep your tiles on your pool, not in your pool. Fly with Colony right now, birds fans. Visit flywithcolony.com. Hi, everybody. My name is Jason Lombardi. I'm an inspector at DryTech. At DryTech, we offer three major services, the first one being basement waterproofing. The second service we offer is foundation and structural repairs. And then the third service that we offer is mold remediation. If you feel you're having a waterproofing issue, give DryTech a call or check us out online. E-A-G-L-E-S, Eagles. What's up, everybody? Final segment of the show. Hope you're doing well out there. Rob Ellis, Derek Gunn, hanging with you. Great, uh, great participation from folks in the chat. As usual, we appreciate you, and thanks for hanging and listening and streaming us as you do each and every day. All right, Gunner, so... Uh, Mention the Phillies, and I know some people sort of looked at it and said, okay, big deal. You beat the Nationals over the weekend. I, I, I look, I, and I hear that. I get it. But you got to start somewhere, is the way I look at it. And they took two out of three. The bats awoken, uh, if you will. And now they're five games under 500. They're 27 and 32, and they'll be taking on a Detroit team that comes in here that, that Matt Many anticipated them doing much this season. They're 26 and 31. Um, and the guy that's pitching tonight, not coincidentally, his last name's Wentz. You have a Wentz back in town, Derek, but he's got a high ERA. The Phillies should be able to take advantage of that. It, it should. We, we, we said this before. This should be a series they win, and it better be a series they win, considering the Dodgers are on deck. Uh, no question about it, and we've been talking so negatively about these Phillies for so long. It was nice to see them bounce back, especially after that frustrating series opener on Friday when they fell behind by a big margin. They chipped their way back, and you're thinking, okay, they have the momentum now. They're going to, next inning, they're going to put this thing away. They give the lead right back in the eighth run and can't push a run across in the last two innings to lose that opener. But when you look at the way they hit the ball Saturday and Sunday and the pitching they got, it's showing promise of what we expected all season long. But then again, I can't get too optimistic right now because it's been that proverbial roller coaster ride with this team all season up to this point. You know, you said last Friday when you talked about going into the Washington and Detroit series, it was mandatory that they win four out of six of those games between the two. Well, they're halfway there. Mm-hmm. And so even coming out of Detroit, if they win that series, I'm going to say looks good but I'm still not there yet because now you've got the Dodgers coming up. After what the Dodgers did to you on the West Coast a few weeks ago, I mean, they just pounded you in the submission. Mm -hmm. Um, you got to get some kind of retaliation against this Dodgers team this weekend. So I'm not going to allow a a, a quick measure of success against the likes of Washington and Detroit to totally blind my opinion of this team with the Dodgers looming on the horizon. Yeah, look, I, I, I agree with you. Um, I, I agree with you as, as a, as a whole, I completely am with you. Um, what I did like to see, as I mentioned, was Ranger Suarez pitched the way he pitched. Now tonight is Aaron Nola and uh, Aaron Nola uh, has been 
Derek, all over the place this year. And you have no idea from start to start what you're getting from this guy. And, you know, you're talking about someone who was considered by many an ace, who was considered by many a one, who was going into the last year of a contract. Right. And right. His, his, what he's given them is just not acceptable. I mean, the last time he pitched was Wednesday last week. Six innings, four runs, you know, again, gives up a home run. The start yep. before that, Atlanta, six innings, eight hits, five runs, three home runs. Yep. You know, it's like, come on, man. And he's one of the chief culprits of, of, of just not going deep enough. Six innings is okay in this day yep. and age, but it's not good enough. He, this needs to be a shutdown game for him. Like, we need to see dominant Aaron Nola tonight against the Detroit team that's not a great hitting team. It's not a great hitting team, but because of Aaron Nola's proverbial roller coaster ride, Rob, I'm going into this thing with open eyes tonight. And even though they're playing them here, um, I, I agree with you. It should be a dominant performance by Aaron. It might be, but I'm not leaning that way. I'm staying even keel watching Aaron Nola and Zach Wheeler pitch for quite some time. If Aaron Nola bombs this game tonight against Detroit, I don't care after this game. If he goes on a 10-game winning streak, I'm done with Aaron Nola. Plain yeah. and simple. I hear I'm you. done. And I think a I'm lot done. of people – I'll tell you, Derek, the frustration is growing with him uh, for sure. And then Wheeler goes Wednesday. So you're – you're really all three guys in this series have a lot to prove. You have Nola tonight. You have Wheeler tomorrow. Yep. And, and or excuse me, Walker tomorrow who's been – you remember the last time he talked about how it was a day game and that threw him off? Oh, yeah. So, yeah oh, yeah. Pitches, Come on, man. He pitches tomorrow – and then it's uh and then it's Wheeler on Wednesday. All right. So and, that's, see, yeah. and see, you were talking about the the Dodgers series is coming up this weekend. Yeah. But see, they get the Dodgers for three at home, then they have to go to Arizona for four. Right. And oh, by the way, didn't they play Arizona earlier this year? Or did, yeah, am I Ari- mistaken? They did at Arizona. Yeah. They go back there again. It's so weird. They're going back to Arizona again. They lost. They lost. They, they lost one, two, two, three. They lost two out of three to Arizona there. Yeah, they the lost here. Yeah, they lost here uh, May 22nd. Okay, let me see. I'm looking at – I just saw it. What the heck happened here? Okay, May 22nd. Yeah, they had Arizona here. Arizona yeah. took the first two, and the Phillies found a way to salvage the, the, the series uh, ending game in, in, in 10 innings, six to five. Yeah. So they struggled all three against Arizona. So yeah. you get the Dodgers for three here who pounded the stuffings out of you in three straight games. I mean, the Dodgers scored 13, 13, and 10 runs against your pitching staff. Oh, yeah, beat them. They yeah. play first, second, and third. Mm-hmm. So you get the Dodgers. You get your. You have a chance to get your revenge against the Dodgers this weekend at home in front of the hometown fan, in front of a great crowd, usually capacity crowd. Then you have to go to Arizona for four games, not three, but four. You get Oakland on the road to close out that quick seven-game trip. Oakland's the worst team in baseball. Yep. And then you come back home for six straight games against Atlanta and the Mets. I know. What are we looking at with this team? I don't know. Your guess is as good as mine, man. I, I don't know. Truthfully, I don't know. And, don't and know. They, still got, they still got to face Tampa right. before the All-Star break. Yeah, I mean, look, they get some. there are some cupcakes because they get the A's, right? But there's some – there's a, there's a lot of good. T- the Dodgers are good. Arizona so far this year has been good. Then they get Atlanta again. They get the Mets again. Uh, you get Tampa in a little bit. Miami, who's never easy. You know that takes you up till July 9th. So they got got their work cut out for it. So why you don't want to dig this kind of hole? But they got to get hot. Doesn't matter who it's and, against. And see, I'm, and, and they also have the Cubs. And I'm trying to figure out where are the Cubs right now. So the Cubs are six good. games below. 
Huh? Yeah. Not not very good, the Cubs. Yeah. No, they're six games below sea level. Right. Uh, they have scored more runs than the Phillies have. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They've given up less runs than the Phillies have also. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> we said the same thing about Washington. So, so looking at this team's schedule route, even if you throw in the Cubs, you, okay, you throw in Oakland, you throw in the Cubs, but b- before they hit the all-star break, Okay, they've got Washington again, but you close the all. You close the first half of the season, three at Tampa, and three at Miami, and we know what Miami is to this team. So you close out the last six games before the All Star break on the road down in Florida against mm-hmm. the best team in baseball and a team that's above you in the standings. Yeah, <laughs> it's like jeez. I know, I know. I listen. Oh I, I I hear you. I hear you. All right, let's do some birthdays. You want to do some birthdays? Wait, wait. Gizo says D-Gun, over under Dodgers averaging ten runs a game against the Phillies. I'm going to take the under, but I think the Dodgers are going to be a problem for this team, regardless. Right. Um, the Dodgers' pick, pitching staff is as good as the Phillies. Yes. And if, and the Dodgers hit the ball better than the Phillies. Correct. So I'm going to take the under. I think the games will be more competitive because it's in Philly, but. Not by much. I'm taking under. Not by much. Okay. Okay. All right. Let's uh, let's do birthdays here. Uh, we'll start with Mark Wahlberg. He is 52 today. Um, actor, producer. Yeah, the guy's become a a just a titan in the uh, in the business. Um, wakes up at four o'clock in the morning to do his workouts, Derek. Uh, just like you do. So he ah. is uh, he is 52 today. Uh, Did you, you know his history? You know he was a drug dealer early in his years. Yeah, he and, uh, he he did he time. Yeah, yeah, for, for uh, attempted murder or something yep. like that. Yeah, he <laughs> got into a tussle. I don't know all the de- all the particulars, but he got into a thing where like the guy he fought, I think, was blinded in one eye or something. Like it was bad. He was in a lot. He was into a lot of stuff, man. His brother really saved him and, and and threw him a bone and got him a career going. And and to his credit, he's taken it and run. I mean, he's done an unbelievable job. But yeah, you're well, right. You know that, that song "Good Vibration" is still it was it was on the top of the charts for a long time, yeah. and I still can't connect it to that he was once this this music artist and now he's a big time actor. You I know, know. But it, Marky Mark and 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 what was it, Marky Mark and the, the Funky, Funky Bunch? Bunch. Yes. Yeah. Uh, he had one big hit, and he parlayed that into a pretty success. Considering where he was in his life, I mean, j- in jail, yeah, and to rise to where he is now, phew. I know, man, amazing. Uh. You remember uh, Sonia uh, Sato, Sotomayor? Uh, she yeah. is, uh, yeah, she was uh, the the first uh, Latino, first uh, just the third woman, uh, first of color, the first Hispanic, first Latina yep. to serve on the uh, Supreme Court. Yep. So pretty pretty yep. impressive for her. Um, so she is fifty nine today. Kenny G, Kenny G is sixty seven today. One of my favorites, brother. Oh Woo. yeah, he's unbelievable. Still, uh, still crushing it to this day. Nick Kroll, the uh, actor comedian, is forty-five today. Yep. Robert Kraft, how about that? Robert Kraft is eighty-two today. Uh, Jeff Garland, the comedian and actor, he's in Curb. He's in a lot of other stuff. He is sixty-one. Uh, Liza Wheel, actress, is forty-six today. Pete Wentz, uh, from the singer for Fallout Boy, is forty-four. Uh, Brian McKnight. Right, Brian McKnight, yep. who was huge in the what '90s and 2000s. Absolutely, uh, he is 54 today. 
Ron Livingston, the actor, uh, Office Space, among other movies. He is 56 today. Former NHL enforcer, Bob, Bob Probert, was born on this day, 1965, mm. died very young, had a, had a, had a tough life, uh, addiction and a lot of other stuff that, that played into it. Uh, so he was born on this day, 1965. Susie Orman, the businesswoman, is 62 today. Mike Zimmer, former Vikings coach, is 67 yep. today. Yep. Tori Holt, phenomenal receiver, 47 today. Art Donovan, the old cult who used to come on David Letterman and have fun with him. He was born on this day. Commercial, uh, big time in commercials. Oh, yeah. He was he was a character of the game. He's, he was born on this day, 1924. So that is that's all I have. Who else do you have for birthdays? Uh, Pancho Villa historically is, uh, was great, uh, in, in terms of, uh, very instrumental in the Mexican revolution was born on this day in 1878. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have, uh, William Boy, a great actor who was born on this day in 1895. Zadrunas Ilgaskis, former NBA player. Former Cavalier. His birthday is today. Bill Hayes. Uh, Bill Hayes, you may not know the dude. He's 98 years old. Do you remember an old, old TV series from the sixties, Davy Crockett? Okay, was he the lead in that? Was that no? He's the one that he was an actor, but he's the one who did the ballot for that. You know, born on the mountaintop in Tennessee, green estate in the land of the free, uh, raised in the woods, so he known every tree. Killed him a bar when he was only three. Yeah. They, yeah. He's the one that wrote that. You know, okay, okay. ninety eight years old and still with us today. Kevin Falk, former NFL running back, forty seven. Uh, Marion Motley, one of the first two uh, black players to play in the yeah, yeah. NFL. He played fullback and linebacker, was born on this day in 1920. And Pat Garrett, Pat Garrett was a lawman back in the old West days. His claim to fame was he killed Bill, uh, Billy the Kid. Yeah, that's right. That's right. He was, yeah. he was in the watch, house. Watch Tombstone. Yeah. yeah, he's in the house standing in the shadows. Billy the Kid's like, who's this? Uh-huh. Pat Garrett shot him. Pow. That was shot it. him in the gut. That was it. Didn't yeah, even I, give him a fair shake. Just shot yeah. him. Oh, well, that's that's what happens when you're, when you're an outlaw. All right. Uh, <laughs> Movies, The Hangover, the original, uh, was 2009. Yep. The Truman Show, very good movie, 1998. Uh, Mulan, uh, the the uh, animated uh, movie, yep. 1998 as well. Harry and the Hendersons uh, with John Lithgow in 1987. Yeah. Uh, A Perfect Murder, 1998. Yep. That's all I got movies. There was, it wasn't a spectacular uh, movie. Today. Insidious 3 uh, came what? out in 2003. Uh, Land of the Lost came in 2009, and Class Act came out in 1992. All right. That'll do it for us, D-Gun. Uh, so tomorrow we're going to do Buy or Sell with the Eagles, and uh, we'll, have, we'll have some good ones for you for that. I'm looking forward to that. But we'll see how the oh, Phillies yeah. did against the Tigers. You know, c- continue anything that goes down. We got you covered. I uh, want to thank everybody in the chat section, everybody streaming, everybody listening. Great job out of tone. And hopefully – uh, Oh, and hopefully Rob will be um, Rob will be in a good mood after Aaron Nola's performance tonight. Maybe Drew Ellis will continue to carry everybody. You know, it's the Ellis's that carry. We do all the heavy lifting, Derek. That's that's how it works. Uh, don't go anywhere. Stay tuned. We have uh, Dan Cilio with the National Football Show. <clears throat> excuse me, coming your way next. Derek and I are back tomorrow at the same time. So everybody, listen. Have a great rest of your Monday. We will see you Tuesday, and thanks for hanging out with us. We do appreciate it. We are Sports Take. See you tomorrow. Same time. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. 
go to ocean. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low-net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Hero.co.